we need for white guys giving their insight on things they don't understand. <laughs> Where's the banjo? This guy thinks he can sing. Oh my god, it's so evil. Gordon Ramsay, I'm, I'm awaiting your response. It is 7.30 p.m. and I still don't have a Valentine's Day. <laughs> Let's do it. Hi, everyone. Hello. It's me, Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Let's talk about that. That needs to be talked about. We haven't even talked about that in real life uh, yet. Okay. I like freaked out for a second because <laughs> I genuinely forgot that I gave the context clue of saying it's a me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, how did we say Chris Pratt at the same time? <laughs> but I was like, yeah, it's a me, a Chris Pratt. Yeah, the Mario, Mario movie cast. Someone made a joke where it's like the movie, the most obvious way for them to start the movie is with um, him doing like the typical italian like it's a me and then he like goes <laughs> oh sorry and then it's chris pratt's voice i'm just like that just made me roll my eyes in the back of my head thinking about that and it's probably yeah. like how it's gonna go down well we'll see for those of you who uh, don't know <sighs> well first welcome to the podwood forecast i guess yeah. we're gonna talk about this welcome for back. a second um it was announced recently that the new mario game Movie. Uh, m- movie. Oops. By Illumination, of By all Illumination people. Studios that have a great record of making great films. Yeah, they're all like great. Dis- Despicable None of them Me, are... Minions. Despicable Me is the only good movie they The Lord <laughs> The Grinch. Um, Horton, Here's a Who. Was that Illumination? Probably. That was actually not bad. They did all like the Dr. Seuss stuff, I, I think. I liked Horton, Here's a Who. I never saw it. As a kid, I I've only it. liked the first Despicable Me. Everything I else by them, the I've ones. like not really. I didn't like Sing. I didn't like. Uh, oh yeah, Grinch. Sing. I didn't like. Um, the Lorax is horrible. <laughs> oh, it's just yeah, not great. But Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator of Mario and all the games, is kind of like involved. So who knows? But yeah, seeing that voice cast, he clearly is. Yeah, not. they announced the voice cast, so they have. I actually Chris like Pratt. the cast a lot. I just don't... Chris Pratt's the only blight on it. I actually kind of don't mind the rest of the cast. Yeah, well, have you seen the video that he made? Yeah, wasn't he just like, it's a me? Like, he just made, like, a joke vid or something? Well, he it was like a whole, like, minute. I only saw a clip where he of did, it. He did say that he's like, hey, everyone, it's a me, Mario. Yeah. Uh, but then he, like, goes into it. It's like, yeah, when I was a kid, you know, he, like, goes into how he... We played Mario on the arcade and such, yeah. and it's like this is like a dream for me. Which is like, you know, I get that. Like, yeah. it would be a dream for anyone to be like, the voice of the Mario. The benefit of the doubt I get, I give him is that I always forget he voices the main guy in Lego Movie. Yeah, so like he is I a good voice. I haven't heard anyone talk about. Yeah, that. like he is like he can be a good voice actor. So yeah. like I'm. Um, the thing he though said is like in the video that there that there is a voice that he's working on. Okay, like he said that. Yeah, because so, part of me is like, is he going to try to do an Italian accent? Is he just going to sound like Chris Pratt? Like, because <laughs> like I love him in Lego Movie, you know, and I forget yeah. that's even him sometimes. So I know he's capable, but I'm just like, it's going to be weird if it's just like Chris Pratt voice for Mario. Yeah, he, it doesn't sound like know. that. It's going to be. That's cool. So we'll see. I'm but willing, it's also to, I'm willing like, to give why? him a chance, but I I like the rest of the cast, honestly. Yeah, Anya Taylor Joy is Peach is like it's good. Charlie Day's Luigi is genuinely really funny. Yeah, I think I'm that I can actually that. I can actually see that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love Charlie Day, so yeah. And then like uh, Key, um, I Keegan, never remember Keegan, his full name. Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I just know as him. Toad is really funny. 
Yeah, that's it, at this strange. point, it's like it, it's dumb casting, but I'm like, I can see it being Actually, fun. The biggest one that I'm just so like, what? Is actually Seth Rogen. That's so funny. As Donkey Kong. It's so stupid. I'm but actually more... I think that's more funny than Chris Pratt. Oh, yeah. Chris Pratt is just, Mario. like, weird. Like, I don't... It's, yeah. like, hard to picture. But with Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny, actually. You because know? Donkey Kong doesn't say anything. No, no. Like, none of the characters really talk. He that's the thing. Well, like, they'll... Some of the, them will have, talk, like, a like couple Princess line. Peach will have... Like, she'll have a dialogue. Line. Yeah. But Donkey Kong doesn't say... Jack crap. Yeah, so it's it's gonna be really funny, and there's gonna be like weed puns about bananas. It's they're gonna make the most obvious jokes. Oh, you know what I mean? I hope not. There's me, going to be super obvious humor in this. It's illumination. In it. I don't think Miyamoto has that much creative control. I uh, think I think he's like a guiding hand, but I don't think he's like gonna be in charge of the script or anything you know like he'll probably oversee some stuff and have to approve certain things i don't know but nintendo I, has a but lot he, of power he, though he, in the presentation i was watching the nintendo direct because they were announcing games and that's where they revealed the cast and he mm. was like wow collaborating to work on a movie is like way different from games so i'm like oh yeah that told because he's very like in control of a lot of things that for the games so when he said that i was like oh that means they're not letting him do everything he wants Mm. That's like how I took it, you know, because yeah. Hollywood's very different, you know. Um, You're probably being a little manipulative and being like, oh, you don't want this in a movie. Yeah. Like, Trust us. Like he Miyamoto. probably has to approve things, but I don't think he's like, this is what I don't think he was in charge of, like, casting the English voice actors, you know. Um, yeah. He's probably not writing like the script. You know, um, but it's just, which I'm it's really, really funny. And then there's like Fred Armistice as like Cranky Kong. There's oh really? It's weird. Yeah, like <laughs> there's just hilarious. I like Fred Armisen. But yeah, I didn't um, know that he was cast. Who else was it? Um, Jack Black as Bowser is actually really funny. I that's like not too far fetched for me. Yeah, that kind of makes sense to me. I can see I can it. see Jack Black doing a stupid like monsterly voice. Yeah, you know, like. I'm just the main thing I'm wondering is like where are they get all gonna they're gonna redesign them they're all they're not just gonna look like how they, they do I think they're gonna well, I, th- I don't know I think they'll that. still look like I think they're gonna just like change up their proportions like I don't think they're gonna look exactly how they do in like all their games you know what I mean like I think mm. they're gonna like they're probably gonna make Mario. They're gonna probably give him like a slightly more like real face. I just don't get it because like they have it all made for them right there because yeah exactly it's. Because we already know what, like, Mario and his characters look like in 3D. Yeah. You know, because there's, like, so many I, I can ju- I can just see them. them changing, like, the faces just a little bit to match, like, the voices a little better or something. Like, because they, this yeah. is, because, I mean, even with, like, the Sonic movie, like, that's different because it's live action. But, like, they, even when they made him look more like how he does in his actual games, he was still a lot different. It's like video game adaptations of movies are always (laughs) just visually very different. They just need to go old school and make him look exactly like he did in the first game. Yeah. Just like a (laughs) pixelated game. It's it's just strange. Like that was like the funniest thing ever. That voice cast was so funny to see. It's bizarre. Um, We'll see. I'm, I mean, it's probably not going to be good, but I think it's going to be just like really funny yeah i don't know if it's going to be funny in the way they intended to be but it's i think it's probably I'm just, just going to be just like the sonic movie where it's just like it's okay just the the idea of hearing luigi charlie day and jack black <laughs> bowser is just like 
like what timeline? I want to hear Louis. I want to see Luigi rant about Pepe Sylvia. Yeah, someone's already made. Sorry, moving my mic a lot. Um, someone already made like a fan An animation yeah, of that. Luigi doing the Pepe Sylvia bit, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, this kind of works. <laughs> like it's, yeah, because Luigi is like kind of, you know, like he's like. Afraid, he's like afraid of everything. He's kind of like an anxious True. personality, and yeah, I'm like, I can see that working. Um, Chris yeah. Pratt's just the weird one, that's the one that, yeah, and I've everything heard... else, I'm like, this kind of makes sense. And like, Keegan Michael Key as Toad is just like, that's just is he like, gonna who, do like, is who he gonna do, do a cast toad as voice, Toad? Though? Probably not, it's probably just gonna be his voice, because uh, that's what I want. Yeah, if I he, if he does, toad voice. if he does the high pitched toad voice, that'd be funny, but I think it's just gonna be like his voice, and they're just gonna like try to make it funny. Like, should have uh, hired Aaron Hansen, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like it's just so bizarre. Yeah, and I've uh, it's like a fan people... cast, it's like a fake movie cast that a fan right. would make. And it's just for me, it just looked like getting all the popular names that everyone likes, yeah. Into a movie like Seth Rogen and like, I saw um I saw a tweet that was like Nintendo Googled actors and picked the first people yeah. that showed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a wonder that Ryan Reynolds wasn't cast yeah. or The Rock. I bet the only re- I bet they would have cast Ryan Reynolds if he wasn't already Pikachu. Yeah. And I've heard people talk about uh, how uh, Danny DeVito should have been Mario. And but they said the same about Pikachu, and I wonder. I feel like the only reason people the Pikachu are saying one, that is because of the Lorax. I think the Pikachu one was probably because of the Lorax and just meme. Like it would be funny, yeah. but um, I, I I think people wanted Danny DeVito actually because in the game that Pikachu is really grumpy, and people were just like an old grumpy voice yeah. would be kind of like funny for him. Yeah. But I think like with Danny DeVito Mario, Italian that man. actually like makes sense because a lot of Mario in old cartoons and like the old cartoons weird in the media, he has like that, movie. like, like yeah. that New Yorker deep voice. And yeah. it's like if Danny DeVito did that, it would like work. But yeah. Nintendo doesn't want to do angry New Yorker Mario yeah. anymore. You know, he used to be that for some reason. Well, like that but, was before like the wah, wahoo like, yeah. was a thing. And there's like. This, I'll try not to derail this topic, but there was all this stuff about how, like, oh, like, all these just popular actors are taking away voice actors' roles and stuff. Because people are like, oh, why didn't Charles Martinet voice Mario? And it's like, look, Charles Martinet... Well, they did actually originally the, want him, he, and he declined. He, he is involved. He's going to do cameo voices throughout yeah. the movie, but it's like, he, he that did. voice is good for, like... You know, sounds and one-liners. Yeah, and that a whole script with reason. that voice would probably be irritating. Yeah, and, and that's why he declined. It. Yeah, he's like, there's too much dialogue. <laughs> yeah, and so people were like mad because they're like, oh, they like Charles Martinet should have done that, and they kicked him out. And it's like that's not he just yeah, didn't that's want what to. I thought at first, and then. But I'm also like, it's illumination, like illumination and Disney. They just do celebrities for voice casts. There are still a lot of animated yeah. movies that just use like dedicated voice actors and not just celebrities. Mm-hmm. Um, like Wolfwalkers, they had like Sean Bean, and that's like the only celebrity, I guess you know. Or did you watch that? No, I just know about the voice. Uh, I just know. I just to. know he's in it. Um, <laughs> I watched a movie called, um, uh, what was it called? Um, here it is. So I watched uh, Ernest and Celestine, which is a French animated movie about a bear and a little mouse. And it was really good, really cute. Um, and I think, like, 
the American. I watched the French version because it's a French animated movie, and I watched like the French voice actors. But the American version had like Nick Offerman and stuff. But it was still like a oh. lot of like, uh, like a lot of things movies do is they'll get like kind of one celebrity that's mm-hmm. well known, and then the rest are like voice actors, which is like a pretty good way to get like some exposure while providing a job for voice actors that aren't like super popular. Yeah. Um, but it's like there's so many animated movies that come out still that use voice actors, but people think like Illumination and Disney are the only opportunities. It's like it's Disney and Illumination. Of course, they're just going to use celebrities. Like, yeah. It's like that's not the death of voice acting because a Mario movie has Chris Pratt in it. You know, actors are actors. Yeah. You know, so. I, I get the the empathy for voice actors, but I still think they're yeah. I, they're getting plenty of work still, especially with like video games, you know? Yeah. So. And a lot of, a lot of the most famous voice actors are like also great screen actors like Mark Hamill. Yeah, exactly. You know? so. A lot of actors, a lot of celebrity actors are just good voice actors too. Yeah. Like Willem Dafoe, JK Simmons. So, yeah. but so yeah, no, uh, it's just none f- of them can have a job. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's, it's a weird timeline we're in. This Mario movie is going to be, I I'm I hope I'm proven wrong, but I have a feeling they're gonna reveal what they look like, and it's gonna be they're gonna just I think they'll still look recognizable, but I do think they're gonna like alter their outfits just Maybe a little just bit. A little they'll bit. probably try to modernize their outfits just a little bit and give them more detail, and they'll probably alter their like facial structures. Like they, who knows? Yeah. I guess if I just you're think having... they're gonna modernize it for like a modern CGI, especially illumination. Like they have a specific style. Um, and if they're all going to be talking with all these voice actors, like if they just looked how they did in the games, it would be really weird. Yeah. So I Um, doubt that they're going to, that peach voiced by Anya Taylor. She's not going to, she's not going to be like, like, (laughs) yeah, she's, she's just going to probably talk like Anya Taylor joy, but like maybe a little more like Royal, you know? Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. Really curious, curious timeline we're in. It's funny. It's like weird, but it like a lot of people are mad about it. But I'm just really interested. I'm like it's, really. I think it's hilarious. I'm like this is super funny. If, like, yeah. If anything, it's gonna be funny. Yeah. It's like I, I don't know if they want but... people to laugh at the voice casting. Um, which I mean, they probably do. Like Seth Rogen, Donkey Kong. Like, of course, people are gonna laugh at that. Like, I think they yeah. kind of know it's stupid. But it's also illumination and. They're kind of out of touch with what yeah. the kids like, so who knows? Maybe they do think they're being like super cool, but we shall I think see. it's funny. Speaking of cool, what you guys have all come here to listen <sighs> to? I'm going to talk about the coolest movie franchise in the world. Twilight. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we just lie to everyone. Yeah. Like even the thumbnail Fooled is still ya. Chronicles of Narnia. We're like nope. We're getting, we're getting all the Narnia fans to listen to a Twilight podcast. <laughs> yeah. no, no, we're talking about Walden Media's The Chronicles of Narnia films. Yeah, the the trilogy. Beloved trilogy. trilogy, yeah, because like it was probably supposed to be more. Yeah, I don't think they bought the rights for all of them, which is why everyone is saying with like Netflix, this is the first time that anyone has bought rights to all of the books. Oh right, yeah, but like uh, they'll probably do the Magician's Nephew. Yeah, I'd be which I don't know if that'd that be one. a very fun movie. I don't know, could be. I think so, but, but we'll see. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the OG Walt Disney's Narnia. Which actually, Walt Disney 
did not originally produce all three films. Oh, okay. If you noticed, for The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, in the credits, it says it was produced by Fox. Yeah. Because, uh, well, I'll probably get into it later, but Disney basically didn't want to have anything to do with Narnia anymore, and so Fox yeah. took it. But now, ultimately, <laughs> Disney has it's all on Disney, of them It's now. on Disney+, Plus, so, like, hey. Yeah. So, all right, so let's talk about... Um, well, first, I want to talk about, like... Uh, what what our relationship with Narnia is yeah. like, uh, Mitchell? Did you ever like read the books? And, yeah. Like, what was so, your first experiences with the movies? I've read through most of the books like once. I haven't read all of them. I haven't like read the Last Battle or the Silver Chair. Um, what? But I've read most of them, and because those are two of my favorites. Yeah, I, I need. To, I want to finish them all someday. I might just reread them someday. Sure. But um, my. Grandpa back in the day had a huge Narnia book that was just all the books in like one book, and just one. And okay. the art was like this cool art of Aslan on the front. I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So I, I read through that as a kid, which is the only time I've read them. So I have very vague memory of the literal books themselves. But then I remember there was like an animated Lion Witch in the Wardrobe that I watched like once oh, or yeah. twice. Like we watched it at church. That in old seventies one. Yeah. It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. I we watched it in youth group growing up, and that's all I remember about that one and then yeah. the movies came out and i remember seeing the lion witch in the wardrobe and i remember being attracted to it because obviously we grew, i grew up seeing lord of the rings as they came out and i was like oh this mm. looks very lord of the rings-esque yeah and i know the books and so i saw those like kind of when they were coming out i even played um the ps2 games that were honestly a lot oh. they were very similar to like the lord of the rings ps2 games okay because honestly narnia i think the movies did take a little inspiration from like the style of lord of the rings oh yeah a lot. Um, for and I sure talk about that for sure um but yeah so i i just i was super into them as a kid um and i remember so I watched Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, liked it a lot. I even really liked Prince Caspian when it came out. And then I remember uh, when Don Treader came out. I was a bit older at that time, and me and my sister went and saw it in theaters. And I remember we – I didn't really have many thoughts on it, and I that mm. was the only time I had ever seen it up until, like, a few days ago pretty much. Yeah. And, yeah, that's my history with it. I didn't watch Prince Caspian a ton. I watched it, like, a few times growing up here and there, and I've always, I always liked it, and – but I watched Lion Witch in the Wardrobe like several Wardrobe. times. Uh, yeah. I loved that movie when it came out. And uh, I didn't like religiously watch it like constantly or anything. Um, I'll I will watch did. it like every few years <laughs> or maybe. Yeah. But when it, kind of when it came out, I saw it a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, but over time, it was like, oh, I'll, like revisit it every now and then. Um, yeah. But it had been a long time since I've seen them. So rewatching them recently was like really interesting. Yeah, especially with like a new lens and For how I watch too. movies now. I was like, this is kind of fascinating to watch right now, actually. Yeah. Yeah. For me, too, even though I don't think it had been that long since I'd seen at least the first one. Yeah, it had been years one. for me for even the first one, honestly. So, yeah, it's pretty fresh. But I remembered like a lot of moments like hit me where I was like, oh, I remember this. Or kind of we were having this weird conversation last time we hung out about, like, remembering, like, the rhythm of some line deliveries. Oh, yeah. There was mm-hmm. a lot of moments with, like, this and Prince Caspian yep. where I was like, oh, I've, I remember, like, specifically, like, this line, these lines yeah. or the delivery from some characters and yeah. stuff like that. So it was, it was very nostalgic for the first two, mostly. Yeah. I For some reason, I made it a goal, my younger self, uh, to memorize 
the scene between Lucy and Mr. Tumnus. Yeah. Um, this is weird, but like, yeah, whenever I watch it, I'm like kind of whispering the lines to yeah. myself. I did but, that with some movies where I was like, I knew the lines and I would just talk along with it. Yeah. So my relationship with Narnia, um, I have a very deep love for Narnia and for, uh, pretty much, uh, a lot of C.S. Lewis's other writings as well. Uh-huh. He's like probably my favorite author. Very, very tied to J.R.R. Tolkien. Although T- J.R.R. Tolkien's writing yeah. is very different. Yeah, and they were like really good friends too. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah, um, and he didn't. And Tolkien did not like Narnia. <laughs> yeah, he, he was very critical. Yeah, of it. He was like, "There's too much like mythology in it." And I'm like, you have he, dwarves he and elves. Yeah. In your <laughs> well, he mostly wasn't crazy for like metaphorical storytelling, yeah, where it's like Aslan is Jesus. Like he, stuff. yeah, he didn't really like allegorical because yeah. like people would be like, oh, is Sauron like Satan? And he was like, no, Sauron is an evil like witch guy yeah. with a ring. Like he's not <laughs> Satan. He's not World War Two. He's just a bad guy. Yeah. Like there he is, was very like adamant about like Lord of the Rings is not a friggin' analogy for World War One or two yeah. or whatever. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, there is some slight like Christian symbolism sprinkled throughout yeah. uh, Middle Earth because he was a Christian, but... so it's inevitable that might. Oh, yeah, kinda and he was actually responsible for bringing C.S. Lewis to Christ. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, uh, well, like partly responsible. I've read about that, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's really fun and interesting. Uh, I think there's a movie that's coming out uh, about C.S. Lewis. Called the Reluctant Convert or something. I think I heard about. It's that. like an independent movie or something, yeah. but I don't know if it'll be good or not. But yeah, anyways. So as a child, my my parents and my sisters would uh, my older sisters they would read the Chronicles of Narnia to like me and my my younger brother when we were you know in bed uh, going to sleep you uh-huh. know and I actually didn't read the books the whole way through for myself until until I was actually a bit older because at, at a young age, I was introduced to the, there was the BBC adaptations of the Chronicles of Narnia. There were, there were like a TV series. Oh, um, that was, that is very interesting because it's huh. like late eighties and very low budget, but they're I live loved action them as a kid. Yeah. They're never, live action. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe we'll talk about them. Maybe. <laughs> so for, I'll make you watch them. If they're good to watch. They're interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's obvious that there's a lot of, uh, budgetary problems with yeah, it. Yeah, true. But like, I grew up loving it myself and they only did, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, and the Silver Chair. Okay. Silver Chair is, I think, my favorite of all of those yeah. of the of that series. So I was raised with those, and then at another another point in my life, I was introduced to the Focus on the Family Radio Theater productions. Oh, okay. Of it, which is oh yeah yeah I remember those. So they're like audio dramas. Yeah. So I started listening to those, and they're like some of the most faithful adaptations right. of the books. And so because of that, I wasn't really in a rush to read them myself yeah. until I was probably around 13. Oh, okay. Where I was like, you know what? I love these books so much, but I've never really read them myself. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. And I did that, and I still love them. And when I was 11 years old, around. Uh, 2005 is when the first movie came out. Mm-hmm. 
Keep in mind. Yeah, I would have been 10. For yeah. That. Yeah. And keep in mind, I was raised in a pretty, pretty protective uh, and isolated, uh, you know, upbringing. Yeah. Which I don't complain about, right. really. You know, I turned out fine. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, my parents weren't super crazy. I've heard of people that were parents that were crazier than my parents were. Yeah. So, <laughs> love you, mom and dad. Um, but at this point, I had never been to a movie theater. I had never oh, seen okay. a movie in theaters. Dang, wow. Um, yeah, I was, see, I was in the theater as a little five-year-old boy. Yeah, my, parents, my, my mom and dad were like, let's take our, our newborn baby to see some orcs get their heads chopped off. Oh, yeah, the Lord, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So your first movie yeah, was we, Lord we of the Rings. Yeah, we saw Lord and of the Rings and, and like, all the Pixars and the Harry Potters and theaters when they were coming out. Yeah, see, my parents were... We were um, mainstream. <laughs> my parents were like... They had their reasons. Yeah. You know, first of all, you go to a theater. We never saw horror movies, though, you know. Right. That was still like, uh, no, don't do that. But, like, you go to a theater, and if there's, like, something bad or inappropriate that they don't like, you can't just go forward like you can if you just own it on DVD. Yeah. So or it's like VHS a- back in those days. Yeah. Um, and also, their philosophy was, like, why pay, like, five to eight bucks to see a movie that... When you could wait for it to come out on DVD, and you could watch it as many times as you want, yeah. you know. So, but we were all really excited about the Chronicles of Narnia because we were uh, the whole family was just Narnia fans. Yeah. So we we had already decided we're gonna go see it, and nice. the whole family did. And like, you can imagine like this being. And I mean, I also didn't really see that many modern movies. Uh-huh. Other than like family movies or Pixar movies, mm-hmm. everything else was just like old movies and such, cartoons. This is my first experience watching a movie that ha- that is of this scale, you know. And okay. I had not seen Lord of the Rings at this time. Yeah, yet. yeah. Uh, and it was it just blew my mind. I was like, what the. They can make movies like this, like special effects exist, special animation. What they, this is the they best can I've make ever beavers seen. talk. What the heck? What in the world? Aslan. Yeah, he looks so great. So it just like blew my mind, and it was my favorite movie of all time. Like mm-hmm. I just knew it, and like when it came out on DVD, I bought the special edition. And this was also oddly enough, the Chronicles of Narnia was like my first intro into like really getting into like filmmaking like and what that means cuz i like i watched all the behind the scenes and i was like huh this is how they make movies you know yeah yeah and so uh, and I, I like bought the behind the scenes uh, uh illustrated books i still have them and uh yeah and i was so in love with the movie that um i had this thing where i really wanted to audition to be Prince Caspian in the next oh, movie. I think I remember you talking to me <laughs> yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I was, I was way too young for what they wanted in the movie, even though like in the book, he's younger than he actually is. Right. Um, but, but I was like, yeah, I could totally be Prince Caspian. Uh, long story short, uh, I d- it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get cast. Unfortunately, I loved Prince Caspian as well, although it is it was very different and it's a very divided movie because yeah. it takes a lot of liberties from the source material. But overall it gets for me it gets the main point across. Right. And I loved it. And then a few years later, Don Treader comes out and 
I I remember because I saw it in theaters and I thought that I I was like convincing myself to like it. <laughs> yeah, I remember kind of being like, yeah, I thought it was really good, but like the more I thought about it, I was like, uh, yeah, the more times that I watched, isn't it, it like also typically considered one of the lesser books? It depends on who you talk to. Yeah. I love the Don Treader book. Yeah, not that it's bad, but if you ask someone about like their favorites, it's like never anyone's favorite. Interestingly enough, what most people will say, the popular consensus is that Prince Caspian is the lesser book out of the seven. Oh, okay. In my opinion, it is. It's my least favorite book, even though I still like it. But the thing is with Don Treader is that they like, We'll talk about it, but yeah, yeah, they took way too many liberties with it, and it just they did, it, yeah. It just it wasn't a good m- movie, but it tried too hard to be like interconnected with like the past ones, and it was just like weird. Yeah, kind of skipping ahead. We'll get to it. Yeah, but, we'll yeah. get to it. But but yeah, that was my, and we'll all, we'll already have to go to a break pretty soon. But but yeah, that was my relationship with with the books and with the movies and I'm still, you know, like I still feel connected to that world and you yeah. know I'm a, I'm intrigued for what the the new Netflix adaptation is going to be. Yeah, I, we'll I, don't, see. I don't really I'm I'm very hit or miss with Netflix adaptations, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah, we shall see. So yeah, the the books of course have always meant a lot to me, but these movies Actually, also do mean a lot to me. Yeah. Almost, almost on the level of Lord of the Rings, but not quite. Yeah, yeah. And and now at this point, they're kind of more like guilty pleasures, kind of. Uh-huh. Because I know they're not perfect, but they still hold a, a very near and dear place in my heart. At least the the first two films, and I think they're they're pretty important. In my life, yeah, you know, definitely, just like, you know, being the first like big, uh, action like movies that I ever saw, uh-huh. and like just really getting introduced me into that world of, of movies, you know. So right, yeah, yeah. I it's after the break. Obviously, we'll go more into it, but I'm excited to talk about them because I kind of forgot like how. It kind of like I remembered so much of them, and I was like, "Man, I like like I remembered how I used to feel about them." And yeah, I just had a lot of fun like revisiting them, and I think you'll be surprised with some opinions I'm gonna have too. I'm really, um, I'm really excited about this conversation because yeah, I haven't told you like any of my like like both of us know we're not like I mean spoiler we already kind of spoiled it, but both of us know we're not that crazy for Don Treader, but I, I think yeah. the. The first two movies are going to be an interesting conversation. Yeah, I was wondering. I'm like, because sometimes you can be such a contrarian. I'm like, I bet Mitchell's going to yeah. be like, Don Treader was my favorite. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I like my schlocky, vulgar, auteurism movies, <laughs> but I, I think we'll mostly be on the same page here. Okay. But I think I'll have some takes that you might find interesting. We'll yeah. see. I surprised myself with some of the things that I that I discovered in like in this recent watch through so yeah um yeah we'll we'll see so we'll get more into it we'll talk about we'll go into the first movie Mm -hmm. um and uh uh right after this break and uh yeah so we'll be right back bye mamma mia chris pratt (laughs) chris pratt as mario as mario
Hello, this is Lafayette. And I'm Carlos. From Nerds Talking the Podcast. That's right. Where we talk about everything from UFOs, yep. comic books, like movies, uh-huh. streaming services, yeah. conspiracy theories, Ooh. ghosts, mm. video games, yeah. and more. Kick-ass. All on Nerds Talking the Podcast. You can find us every Friday with new episodes on all digital platforms where you find your favorite podcast, Nerds Talking the Podcast. Now back to the show. Did you just have a brain fart? Begging your pardon, sir? Did you just waltz in here and bark at your commanding officer? If so, I regard that as a bona fide brain fart. And I resent it when people fought inside my office. We're back. Hello. Hello, everyone. So. Narnia. Narnia. I, I, I just wanted to say, when, when the first movie came out, I remember having a sort of, like, hipster reaction. Because, like, before the movies came out, it was like... It was, like, very special to yeah. me. Like, yeah, they were popular books, but not everyone was talking about them. And then the movies came out, and everyone was talking about it, and it was like, oh. You're like, oh, man, people like this. Narnia before. I like things like, that other people exciting, like. It was exciting, but also annoying at the same time. It's right. Like, I'm glad everyone's talking about it, but I'm also not glad. Yeah. But I don't know. It is weird. I'm not cool anymore. Yeah. I used to be cool when I was 11-year-old me. Yeah. Um, okay, so the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Isn't there anything we can do to help Tumnus? They're taking him to the witch's house. And you know what they say? There's few that go through them gates that come out again. Fish and chips. <laughs> but there is hope, dear. Lots of hope. Oh, yeah, there's a right bit more than hope. Aslam is on the move. Came out December 9th, 2009. Yes, I remember that. All right, let's talk about it, Mitchell. Yeah. The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. I guess I'll start. Um, yeah. I, like, totally forgot how this movie started. So, oh, like, yeah? when it was, like... I kind of did, too. When it was, like, World War II ships in the beginning, like, yeah. I was, like... Well, they're airplanes. Yeah, I, like, forgot that <laughs> it starts off with, like, their town being bombed. Yeah. And it's, like, a war. The Blitz. Yeah. I was, like, oh, my God. I was, like, I forgot this is how this starts. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, like, dang. And uh, I I really, I really love the setup, like, leading up to Narnia. It's kind of quick. Like, the pacing of it's really snappy, but it's, like, good. Like, I yeah, think, it's I think the movie well does a really good job of, like, because a lot of movies try to quickly introduce a character and they'll have someone else like say something about their personality or they do a lot of like tell about how the characters are. And I, I noticed um, I was really enjoying like the screenplay and the script of this movie. Yeah. Um, which was, was by like, the way. Because I was like, man, the uh, the characters like they're characterized like very well, very quickly. Like, yeah. You get a sense of like, oh, Edmund running back in pretty recklessly, but it was to get a picture of his dad, you know, yeah. and Peter running in after him and getting mad and Susan and Lou, like you get a really good sense of all their personalities really quickly and they do a yeah. good job of doing it through actions. And yeah. even when they're just at the like the one house later on, they're like hanging out and they're playing a game where they're like guessing a language or whatever. And Susan's like, 
<laughs> she's like trying to play this game, but everyone thinks it's boring. Gastrovascular. And then I think Lucy's like, let's play hide and seek. And Peter's like, oh, but we're already having so much fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's like there's moments, moments, just like moments like, like that. that. I'm like, there's such believable siblings. Yeah. And maybe it's, I grew up with two sisters, so I, I kind of liked seeing like. I mean, there's also two brothers, but I liked yeah. that it was like siblings and like a couple sisters and stuff. So I always yeah. kind of I also that. I grew up with one brother and two sisters, so we yeah. were kind of so, our own pevensies. Uh, I just I loved how they like built up, like characterized them really early on, and I think I. That's what's going to be weird about the Netflix version is I really do when I think of like. Peter, Edmund, Lucy, and Susan, I think of the actors in these movies. Yeah. It's going to be weird to get used to that, like yeah. them changing. Um, yeah. Because they did great as those characters, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just like, it starts off really good. And uh, there's some parts in the movie, especially kind of like the third act and the ending, where I'm like, wow, that was like, felt really quick. And like, I feel mm. like some stuff wraps up like super fast. But yeah. Um, but I, I really, really loved it. And I, I kind of think I like the first half a lot more and the battle and stuff is really good, but I love like all the buildup and yeah, I, I was, love the setup of all the conflict in the movie a lot. Yeah. I was surprised as to how much I was enjoying it myself. Like I love the scene at the train station when they're saying goodbye to their mom. Yeah. I was like, Oh gosh, this is hitting me a little bit differently than before. It's kind of just you know? well filmed. I was like, this is filmed nicely. Like they use a lot of, like there's some there's like a couple shots where I'm like that's a green screen, but they yeah. they got some gorgeous looking areas or the um especially like the scene where they're facing off uh, against the wolf on the frozen lake and that waterfall breaks oh, yeah. and I'm like that just like looks real like the I water. love the there's behind a lot the scenes of, of that of yeah. that scene because they had this whole set built for it and everything in like yeah. real water. I and was such. super impressed like with how much practical effects were used in yeah. this like mm-hmm. it, i was like i thought it was gonna look really dated it still looks pretty good it's pretty good even the cgi animals like for the most part like look about as good as most cg animals in movies today agreed yeah you know like, like it's not perfect you can still tell they're cgi but yeah like, they still look even good. like the centaurs or the uh minotaurs I, i'm like they're like real say, they're like real costumes i gotta say the centaurs in these movies are the best looking centaurs yeah. I've ever seen in any other movie. Yeah, they like, don't look good in Harry Potter. No, no, or in I, any I was other literally movie. about to use that as a comparison. The centaur yeah. in Sorcerer's Stone compared to Narnia, it's like night and day. Yeah. Like they they there's a lot of just really good blending of like practical and CGI yeah, when like they need Mr. it. Tumnus, he I was looks super impressed. I was like, I didn't remember the because I mean when I was younger, I didn't really pay attention to like filmmaking, you know? Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, these movies are, like, pretty well shot. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of pretty scenery, actual locations, the practical effects, and all the costumes and makeup for, like, the mystic, mythical creatures. I was, like, really impressed. Yeah. I mean, they won an uh, Oscar for makeup and stuff. Super, very, like, well-made movie. I I wasn't really expecting to still be kind of impressed with that. But I was like, man, this is, like... and even just there's even some like matte paintings that just looked awesome. Uh, mm. And there's this like the scene where Edmund is running to the Ice Witch's castle, and it's like the, the shot wait, of her castle. Uh, you said Ed- the Ice Witch. Wait, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, Come on, Mitchell. Yeah. 
It's the white female wizard. The white witch. <laughs> Why did I say ice witch? I don't know. Because you know, she's ice. Whatever. Yeah. She's she's ice. Going, he was going to the white witch. Um, <laughs> and there's like the shot of her castle. And I was like, that. this is like sick like this this movie i love the design for her castle yeah i will say um i I won't go into too much detail about this but by the um, way this uh, movie spoiling these movies i guess we didn't mention all spoilers we are the books are like 100 years old yeah but um (laughs) i i loved the visuals how they visually represented narnia like it does feel like like it doesn't just feel like earth like they they managed Mm. to make it feel like a weird kind of mystical land and without it being like totally crazy, like an alien planet or anything like, but it's still, you just get this like big fantastical sense with how they design all the environments. And, um, yeah. And it was a super cool and it, it does visual world building really well. I will say, I think when it comes to world building, I think Prince Caspian is, honestly way better at world mm. building like specifically mm. um line witch in the wardrobe feels weird <laughs> shockingly small scale except for the battle that's yeah. the, that's the one thing i was like kind of surprised about i was like this feels like like you're getting a really small glimpse at narnia in this movie is kind of how i felt yeah like, i think the well a big reason which is for like that fine is, that's like not really yeah, a criticism it was it, it was the first book that c.s lewis uh wrote in the series even though it's not chronologically the first one yeah but i feel like at this time of c.s lewis writing it he he hadn't really fully He's not like J.R.R. Tolkien where, like, everything is just laid it out just for him. just describes I think, everything, Yeah, I know? think he explored Narnia more with each book. Yeah. Like, it's not until, like, a few books later that you realize that there are other countries outside of Narnia. Yeah, like, Prince Caspian, I, I was, like, super into how they were doing world building in that movie. I'll save yeah. details on that for later. That's yeah. probably something that, like, that's something that surprised me. Um, yeah. It's still good in Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, but it was it felt... Very, like, contained. Yeah, because that's the way the story is. In fact, I think they were trying to ex- trying to make it seem bigger. Yeah. You know, and th- I think... Because it's kind of more a... about setting up, like, what Narnia is. Yeah, and, and it's a very like, simple the story. Car- it's more for the characters and Aslan and learning all about that, and then they kind of use those yeah. or try to use those as, like, a catalyst later on. Um within yeah. a bigger world. So right. I think it works for this movie to be a little more small scale. So, yeah. but I mean, there's still like big feeling moments, like obviously the big battle and stuff like that, where I get a more grand sense of like fantasy world. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that was the thing I was like, visually it's like really cool, but I, I didn't really get a huge sense of like what Narnia was like outside of just, these characters in this right. area, which is fine, you know. Yeah, it is. It is. Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe is definitely more from its source. It is a more simple fairy tale like story. Yeah, totally. And with the movie, and this is like I'm sure the movie kind of elevated that fantasy element a lot more than the books did in my memory. Yeah. Although they did, or make just with it, like the action stuff, I suppose, and like yeah. magic and all that. Yeah, and I wanted to 
this is kind of a criticism for me, although I want it to be known. I would actually not change a thing about this movie. Yeah. Although I have my criticisms of it because this movie means yeah. so much doesn't to me. mean it's perfect, but you yeah. just accept it and love yeah. it for what it is. As I have gotten older and, you know, I saw this movie before I saw Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and I've become a bigger fan of the Lord of the Rings films. It's very obvious to me right now, uh, looking back, that the Chronicles of Narnia movies was definitely Disney's response to... They wanted to make a Lord of oh, the Rings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Because it's literally like two years after the return Especially of the Especially those King. like big war scenes. It's yeah. like, yeah, they want a Lord and, of the Rings. And they really tried to like even follow the blueprint of making it. I mean, like, yeah. um, they Freaking... got they got Weta Digital to do the, the armory and everything. So like Richard Taylor was oh, involved okay. in it. Uh, a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of the film was filmed in uh, New Zealand. Dude, and, and, um, and the Santa Claus scene is just Gladriel. Oh yeah, it's it just is. Gladriel. Well, I mean, uh, like that is in the book. Yeah, I know, I, I know uh, it's in the book, but I was just laughing because, like, the way they execute it in the movie was very similar to like that yeah. part in Lord of the Rings, where they he he goes one at a time, gives them a gift, tells them about it, moves yeah. on. Like, I bet if you took the books and looked at those scenes, they would feel a lot different. No, um, they were pretty actually, yeah, pretty, pretty similar, lo- pretty loyal to the gotcha. Book. But um, I was, just, I don't think it's like he was copying it, but I was just laughing. Cause I was yeah. thinking like, Oh yeah. Weren't these like pretty Lord of the Rings inspired. And when that scene came out, I was like, yeah. this is old Gladriel. Like make... Santa is Gladriel. <laughs> I would say uh, that f- they made father Christmas. I mean, I love their approach with father Christmas. Yeah. Is that like they that. made him a little bit more like, he wasn't just this jovial kind of Santa Claus. Yeah. Like they made him a bit more like, I feel like that he's been in wars. You yeah. Know? His design was cool. Like he was yeah, and the actor a is rustic really good Santa. Too. I forget the actor's name, but he's been in other stuff. He was yeah. in Braveheart. It's like watching it now. Like that's one of the, it's not really a criticism because I like the scene. It's just, it, it does just feel like out of nowhere and really convenient. Like here's juice that will heal everything. You know, like part of me is like, I know that's from the book, but I'm just like, that is super convenient. Well, you it know? won't bring anyone back to life. Yeah. It just heals injuries. Yeah. Um, and it, as, but it was, uh, it's a fun way, especially when I was a kid, it's like Santa. Yeah. It's like, it's like, <laughs> like even though in my head I was like criticizing it, as like a script like this is like kind of weird just santa shows up and then you never see him again and he they but i think, think jared tolkien criticized that yeah, too in the book but <laughs> like i criticize that but i still like it because that part in my childhood heart was like i remember seeing that when i still you know i had that sense of like childhood and like yeah. remembering santa as a kid and stuff and i was like it's like, i was like oh they're like seeing santa and they made santa <laughs> like cool and he like gives them gifts that like helped us i think it's yeah. like a weirdly heartwarming moment it's just it's pure childhood mm-hmm. like in a scene in a way where it's like that when you're a kid you know and you watch movies like this and you kind of like picture yourself like yeah i'm gonna have a sword and like fight in a cool fantasy battle and stuff and santa's gonna give me like a sword it's just such like a pure like childhood scenario yeah you know what i, I mean? mean and it makes like even though i'm like script wise i'm criticizing it i just like it because i think it's super yeah. charming long live aslan and merry christmas Well, uh, for a lot of the children who 
Uh, not even just back then when the book came out, but for like today, mm-hmm. you know, when you're a child and, you know, you're reading about this land that is always winter and never Christmas. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, that's terrible. Yeah. And then Father Christmas slash Santa Claus shows up. It's like, oh my gosh, things are getting better. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Like, it, it warms my childhood soul. Yeah. And, it's a, and it's a good scene. It's, it is. It's a really good scene in the movie. I enjoy it. But yeah, going back to the Lord of the Rings thing, it's super obvious, and I think for like any new adaptation for like Netflix, I would want them to go in a different direction, like yeah. something more pure, because I think I think in a sense it can be kind of a detriment to the story when you're trying to make the Chronicles of Narnia Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Because the Chronicles of Narnia is not Lord of the Rings. No, because, like, you, I read, like, I would read the books, and, like, in my head, I'm like, this is a very distinct thing from Lord of the Rings, and you watch the movie, and it's like, oh, this is clearly inspired by Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So it's like, but it's like, it's still, they still work as adaptations of the movies, but it's as the, they're still work as adaptations of the books, but it's interesting how different like the movies end up feeling yeah and it definitely made them a bit more you know accessible to everyone they're like like, everyone knew lord of the rings so yeah see this they're like oh lucy will be like frodo and susan will be like legolas and (laughs) peter is aragorn you know they were kind of and like edmund's baromir i guess i don't know like they're kind (laughs) of trying to do this like dynamic and i feel like like Prince Caspian feels way less trying to be Lord of the Rings than yeah, it Lion, does, the Witch, it and the Wardrobe. It seems to have a little bit more of its own voice yeah. in that. But Which it's, still it's not like, really a complaint because I love Lord of the Rings and I don't mind yeah. I don't mind when something reminds me of it. You yeah. know, because it doesn't feel like it's just a lazy copy. It's just clearly like, hey, let's yeah. let's borrow some of the the visual language and store like yeah. movie telling like and, and tactics honestly, of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and honestly, everyone working on it because we talked about how we love watching behind the scenes of Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. Like this one is an this is one of the few other projects where I felt like everyone working on it really loved what they were doing and yeah. really passionate and Andrew Adamson the director who before all he had directed was Shrek. Like this oh, was his right, first yeah. like live action thing, but he was That's really passionate actually. about it. Um, about yeah. the whole project. And you can tell cuz like a lot of stuff has like a lot of effort put into it. Like I was I was really impressed. Like I've already brought it up, but I was super impressed with um all the the practical stuff and yeah. all the sets. There was a lot of really cool sets and the costumes are awesome. Like Tilda Swinton as the White Witch is like mm-hmm. really cool. She's like one of my favorite actors and yeah. even James McAvoy, I never realized he was Mr. Tumnus until like recently. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. Like, yeah. cause I didn't watch him in so long and now I know James McAvoy. Yeah. That was, um, you, I, and, like, I Liam first Neeson know James McAvoy as, as Mr. Tumnus. Yeah. And like Liam Neeson as Aslan and stuff. I'm just like, man, this is like, I don't remember the cast being like kind of stacked like this and a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But I also liked how they, they picked some, some unknowns for like the Pevensies. Yeah. Yeah. Especially. Cause they're really not in like much, No, but I think they're really good in these movies. I like, them yeah, a lot. I, I wanted to talk about it. Cause like, like this is Lucy, one of the things that Lucy's surprised me. Like a really me. good kid actor. Yes. Yeah. I was <laughs> like so, I had good. never really realized until watching it. I was like, she she was my uh my favorite of the four. Yeah. Um she's great. Because watching it I you know I'm older and more critical and so there was uh I was trying to take off my nostalgia glasses and you know I realized you know 
and I know all the actors by name because I'm such a big fan. Yeah. William Mosley is Peter. He's decent. He has his moments though where yeah. it's not as great. He's definitely like the uh, the just straight man protagonist, you yeah. know. But I think he does the role really well. But yeah. Same for Anna Popowell as Susan. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Skandar Keynes as Edmund. I've kind of realized through these movies, he's really not that great of an actor. Yeah. And and but I mean I still love him. I still love him. Yeah, in the role. I actually quite liked him. I. I I had some more, uh, more so some moments in like Don Treader with him, but yeah, for some reason in Prince Caspian and Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, I never really had a moment where I was like, oh, he's not that great. Like I actually kind of really bought like his version of Edmund. Like I really do see that yeah. actor as Edmunds now, even though like he's not well, amazing. I can't help but see him. Yeah, he's yeah. not like an amazing actor, but I think he. It's just because I'm used to that portrayal of the character, but I was like, Oh yeah. Like, I think he's yeah. like, I don't think he's terrible. Decent. There was just like kind of moments with some line delivery. I think it was like, well, oh, yeah, you're a kid. Yeah, but, totally. But I, I never felt that with Lucy, at least in the first two movies. Yeah. Lucy's really um, good. She, she's a really great kid actress. This is going to be a really weird comparison, but, um, here we go. Another, again, with the Lord of the Rings comparisons, she is like, the Ian McKellen in the movies for me. Yeah. Uh, and I'll explain myself whenever I watch the Lord of the Rings and I, I usually would look to, to Gandalf, to Ian McKellen to know whether like if, if Ian McKellen looked upset or like worried, I knew that things were bad. Yeah. And Ian McKellen was such a great like expression actor. Uh huh. And I felt that way with Georgie Henley as Lucy mm. in the Lion of the Wardrobe. And I was just kind of blown away. It was like, wow, this is like, for the most part, like really believable performance from her. And I, and I, it makes sense now to me that everyone loves her so much. And she's yeah. just the perfect casting, especially for just such a young age. You see, the only wood in here is the back of the wardrobe. One game at a time, Lou. You don't all have your imagination. But I wasn't imagining! That's enough, Lucy. I wouldn't lie about this! Well, I believe you. You do? Yeah, of course. Didn't I tell you about the football field and the bathroom cupboards? No, will you just stop? You just have to make everything worse, don't you? It's just a joke. When are you going to learn to grow up? Shut up! You think you're dumb, but you're not! Well, that was nicely handled. But it really was there. Susan's right, Lucy. That's enough. I don't know. I just, I just really was surprised as to how much I loved her performance. No, yeah, I think she's, it. she's my favorite of the, of the crew for yeah. sure. Like she, even just the character, I think is great. Um, and yeah, like I, I don't really have too many complaints about like any performances in like the first two. Um, yeah. I, especially like Tilda Swinton. Tilda as a Swinton Witch. is a. So much fun. Yeah, she she like really kind of hams it up, and I love it. Like <laughs> she's just great. one of my favorite actors. She's in a general. lot better. Like if you watch 
any other adaptation of the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Her the way she's that the be White the best, Witch, yeah. well, the way that the White Witch is always portrayed is like she's like, you know, like bigger than life and just kind of like, I am the White Witch. Yeah, and, very know, like show offy. And I liked in how she's portrayed in this as like she's very she's like kind of man- cool and collective. She's very manipulative. Yeah, like they they bring out the manipulative side of her really well because she's like calm and like you get why like Edmonds would be like, Oh yeah, I'll hang with her. Yeah. You know, at first at least. What is your name? Son of Adam. Uh, Edmund. And how Edmund did you come to enter my dominion? I- I'm not sure. I-, I was just following my sister. Your sister? How many are you? Four. Lucy's the only one that's been here before. She said she met some fawn called Tumnus. Peter and Susan didn't believe her. I didn't either. Edmund, you look so cold. Come sit with me. You know, they do a really good job of making it believable that people would kind of fall into her trap you know and then really making her just seem like ruthless later like it's really yeah. good she's a really great villain you know yeah she just, just kind of proves that there's really i've really yet to see a performance from her that i don't like oh no know? she's like one of the best actors in and, general she's awesome yeah she she's great she's so good. a lot of fun i didn't really realize before because like when i was younger i was like oh it's the white witch she's the yeah, bad guy yeah but now it's like oh man she was just really having fun oh with yeah this movie <laughs> yeah definitely so and um james mcavoy is mr tumnus is great as well I, I love the scene between him and lucy they have such great chemistry yeah and he's an interesting choice too because like in the book <clears throat> he's much older Oh, and right. I'm pretty sure the reason why they wanted to go with a younger actor was because the whole like old man with a little girl yeah. kind of has, you know, it's just kind of weird. Like, oh, come over to my place for tea. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's I, like, yeah, oh, yeah, of I course. get that. But I don't know. It's, they, have, they have such a real, you know, relationship with each other. Yeah. And it's just pure. Yeah. Very pure. Uh, ah, not that. That is my father. He has a nice face. He looks a lot like you. No. No, I'm not very much like him at all, really. My father's fighting in the war. My father went away to war, too. But that was a long, long time ago. Before this dreadful winter. Winter's not all bad. There's ice skating and snowball fights. Oh, and Christmas. Not here. No. No, we haven't had a Christmas in a hundred years. What? No presents for a hundred years? <sighs> Always winter, never Christmas. It's been a long winter. But you would have loved Narnia in summer. <laughs> we fawns. Dance with the dryads all night. And you know, we we, we never got tired. And music, ah, oh, such music. Would would you like to hear some now? Oh yes, please. And I I liked um speaking of Mr. Tumnus, I I was thinking about like sets and stuff again. I like 
the set for his house a lot too. Like they, oh yeah, they give like all that the production design all the, is great. Like yeah, the production design and like the houses and sets and interior all are like really distinct for that world and stuff. And um, yeah, Mr. Tumnus is really cool. Um, yeah, he was in it a lot less than I remembered, but I still love him. You know. <laughs> Yeah, because he's more of like kind of a featured guest. Yeah, because he gets like frozen and like turned to stone (laughs) for like half of it, basically. Yeah. Um, But he's still a really good like they do a good job of making him like feel like emotionally connected with Lucy and like why they would want to help him. But yeah, so Tumnus is great. Um, It was really interesting, like kind of watching it now being really familiar with James McAvoy. Cause the last yeah. time I'd watched it, I wasn't really like aware of him. So I was like, Oh yeah, I know these actors yeah. now. And, uh, and they were all great. And yeah. yeah. And kind of like I said earlier, like the first half of this movie and all the setup and all like the conflict kind of beginning between with like Edmund and the white witch and all this stuff. I really love like the first half of that. And I do like the second half too, but I think I love the pacing a lot more in the first, like, chunk of the movie yeah. setting everything up because the battle is like super cool and like actually pretty well done like is, visually yeah. but it is like very it does just kind of happen very quickly and I, I feel like a lot yeah. of the resolution and like you know people being defeated and stuff and uh, Lucy's potion it's a lot of it felt like very quickly wrapped up in the end which is like kind of my yeah. big complaint of the movie is the it it wraps up so quickly and then suddenly they're all adults and then they fall <laughs> out of the wardrobe and their kids again. And my head is like, wouldn't they be like freaked out? Like, Whoa, you yeah. just like lost your adulthood, you know? <laughs> and my beard is gone. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, and they're just like, you're not going to believe That's, where we yeah. were. And that was one thing that I liked about the BBC adaptation is yeah. that when they come back, they're both of like Edmund be, and Peter are like feeling their faces. Yeah, so like, like where did my beard go? <laughs> I I don't remember it feeling that abrupt. I was like, man, you think that would be like a shell shock to like you spend? Mm. They were, I mean, they had to have been in Narnia for like what twenty years, probably ten years oh, yeah. at least. Oh, um, more than, yeah, is that like twenty or thirty years? Yeah, it's like dang, that's like more than that's more time than you were on earth <laughs> and now yeah. they're just back and they're like well it's crazy that's like the, that's like my big <laughs> complaint of the movie is like how it kind of just ends yeah but everything I else is great it. you know yeah and the the battle does kind of it kind of comes out of nowhere yeah they're like, like get the armies and then they're running at each other yeah. it's like whoa but i mean the battle itself is cool also I didn't think about this, but like the moment when the witch's army arrives, it's like what you didn't see them from that far yeah. away. It's not like you're the camera that like lifts up and you see them all of a yeah. sudden. Like it's just a big them. open field, yeah. you know. And we are spoiled by Lord of the Rings, where battles are so meticulously set up. Where yeah, okay, we have Helm's Deep, we have the Wall, we have this back section. Like you know every location, you know where people are at. There's a progression where it's like we blast through the wall, we go up these stairs, we bear this door there's like a story of the battle yeah um and the battle here it's visually like effective and done well and it's fun but it is yeah. just like two armies run at each other and sword fight in a big open field yeah it's a little generic for like a big battle but it's still like a cool big battle i mean it's a lot more detailed in the movie than it is in the book yeah the book definitely. is kind of like the book doesn't really even set up the battle because like 
at the time it focuses more on Lucy and Susan. Yeah. And then when uh, when Aslan brings him to the battle, like the the battle's already st- uh, started and they're just fighting. Yeah. And that's it. So the movie does put a little bit more effort in like. Uh, you know, in showing the battle and what it looks like and the strategies right. that they use, they they definitely build more on it. Yeah, but yeah, it's a little weird, but it's cool though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a really cool battle. It's scene. fun. It's just, it's a very good like, more kid friendly like war. It's not yeah. like trying to be super gritty. It's still it still feels like appropriate for kids to watch. You know, like yeah. sometimes I watch Lord of the Rings and I'm like, man, some of this stuff is like kind of intense. Like yeah. they show like all the women and children crying and sending off the <laughs> young boys into battle and orcs getting <laughs> decapitated and Yeah. Um so it's like so with this one it's a lot PG-13 more it's a, yeah. And yeah. with this one it's not really trying to be edgy and it's just more like straightforward and well, it's not trying to be it's more of like a character movie than like a big war movie. So yeah. that's yeah. why I don't really harp on it harp on it that much cuz I'm like well the like it is technically the climax of the movie, but it's not like the only point of the movie. So yeah. I don't know. Like if the whole movie was like, yeah, like if this is the point of the movie is to have a big battle, it'd be a little disappointing. But I felt like there was more point to the story than just a battle. So. Yeah, because it is more of just like, oh, Aslan's dead. I guess we gotta yeah. fight. It's more about like Aslan and the kids yeah. finding Narnia and them kind of getting their place and becoming the true rulers of Narnia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more about that. So I mean, the setup for the battle is really important. And again, kind of like what I said earlier, like I really love all the setup for this movie, and I think yeah. the payoff is fine. Yeah, setup really good. Payoff is like acceptable. Yeah, because um, I love like they realistically they're not just like expert swordsmen. Like when Peter has his sword the first time, he's like holding it like a broom. It's like pointing <laughs> it, and like there's like two times where he's barely able to like just fight a wolf. I like yeah. that. It's like, yeah, they're kids. Even yeah, Peter, like the oldest they one, that, they're how... not just instantly like, yeah, right. I'm a master swordsman. Yeah. I'm going to um, point this like a gun. Yeah. Like he's like <laughs> holding it weird. And it's like, yeah, it is like how a younger guy would just hold a sword when yeah. he's afraid. And Unless you've seen a lot of movies, which yeah. he probably hadn't. And they, and they bother, even if brief, they have moments where Susan's like, well, I better go, like, start practicing. You know, it's not yeah. like she just is suddenly, like, a good archer like they said. Yeah, she, like, is going off trying to actually practice archery now, you know. Yeah. She doesn't just show up and starts. And it's not like she's, like, legless. You know, she's not yeah. showing up and just, like, bullseyeing everything. Right. You know, but... um Except but then it, it works for Prince Caspian, where they're just super cool because they had twenty years of yeah, being and in Narnia. Yeah, they're technically adults. Yeah, they're <laughs> mentally adults, you yeah. know. Um, so they have all that experience still. So it makes yeah. sense in the next movie where why they're just good already. But I like seeing them just kind of be clueless kids and be like, yeah, and having kind of realistic reactions like, why, like, no, we should just go home but like lucy wants to help her friend tumness and peter's like uh no like they're not just instantly like yeah, yeah we'll help you guys they're like this yeah. is like not our problem yeah i think they did a better job about addressing that kind of thing than the book does oh so i'm yeah. gonna say um because i really like the dynamic of like susan like kind of being the mother of the group being like no yeah. we should head home like mom wouldn't want this and yep. it's it's a good dynamic i, I agree um uh, I, th- I think the biggest issue for me, and I kind of touched on this earlier, is 
it is the whole kind of like trying to be Lord of the Rings thing uh-huh. because um, the source material just has so much, so many elements that aren't, you know, that dark and gritty kind of uh, feeling. Uh-huh. And so it makes me kind of wish that, well, I mean, I don't wish anything because I think this movie's perfect, <laughs> but it, it almost makes me wish that they had, if they had just kind of kept going in one direction rather than trying to have both the lightheartedness of the story plus the like really dark and I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird and maybe it's just a, just me, but there, there are certain parts in the movie where it seemed those kind of two worlds were clashing a little bit. If that makes sense. Oh, totally. I you agree. Know? Yeah. So, but while I wouldn't change a thing, I, I can definitely, I, I've seen a lot of people complain about that, that like love the books and they're like, oh, they're trying to make a Lord of the Rings. And I, I understand it doesn't really, it doesn't work for C.S. Lewis's world, but you know, we got what we got. Yeah. And um, I think it was like, you know, I, I think considering how they were trying to adapt it in the way they did, I, uh, I although there are things where I'm like, oh, certain things could have been better here or there, but I, I still really appreciate the version we got all around, you yeah. know? Yeah. But, yeah. But I do agree with all that. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Are we, I think that's, I, that's I think all that's we want to say it. Yeah, about I, I really, I do really like it still. I, I'm glad I enjoyed it. I, I was expecting to still like it, and I'm glad I was right. Um, I was kind of worried a lot of it would feel really outdated or I would find the kid actors annoying or something, but I had a super good time revisiting it, and I was impressed with a lot of the filmmaking and, and the yeah. effort into making things practical and uh, whenever they could. And, yeah. um, and just like the script and how things were translated to a movie and, yeah. uh, it was paced really well for the most part, except for some stuff feeling a little rushed in the third act. Um, but that's pretty much it. Super solid. Uh, I would give it, I don't really have a solid rating right now, but mm. I, it's like a, it's either like a really strong seven or just like a solid eight. Like it's, I, I, I it's give like it around, eight. yeah, it's like around that for me. But like seven a lot and a half, that, I guess. A lot of that is like you that's know, like my critical rating, though. I enjoy it like on an eight level, probably. Yeah, it's an eight for me, like emotionally. Yeah, like I understand it's probably not that great for for some people, for uh, like objectively not that great. But the movie means a lot to me, yeah. and I think it does a lot of things well in it. So like it's that all adds unique. up to an eight for me. It does have a a unique energy to it, where I'm like, I don't really know. Like even though it is kind of trying to do the Lord of the Rings thing, I I can't say that it's enough like Lord of the Rings to just feel like a you know a dollar store version of it. Right, and it stands out on its own. Where I think of movies. Like, I remember when I never saw it, but I know, like, the Golden Compass came out and it got compared to Narnia a lot. And oh. A lot of other movies come out that kind of try to do that. And I feel like Narnia did a really good job of having its own identity and, yeah. like, tone. And I'm like, there's not a lot of movies I would be like, yeah, this is totally like Narnia. You yeah. know, like, I, I think they do a pretty good job of being their own thing for yeah. the most part. Um, yeah, just, like, solid, pretty fun, like fantastical very good like kid-friendly fantasy movie without being like super squeaky clean and just like 
yeah completely safe like it like it is it really uh, like the yeah. same way that lord of the rings pushes the pg-13 rating yeah it's kind of hard to believe the that PG. this is pg yeah like you, you yeah. got people getting stabbed with so like a lot of yeah. mo- a lot of like pg movies where they have a sword there's a sword fight and then when someone gets hit it's like a punch and this movie yeah. it's like no you actually have people getting like stabbed with swords yeah. and arrows and shooting I, people with arrows and I stuff i do love the the fight scenes like i love i do love the fight between peter and the white witch i think it's really well yeah done. it is really good i yeah. like that so but yeah, I like when he runs to her and a minotaur runs at him, and he pushes the minotaur down, running to her. And yeah, then, and then it's and then it's a back shot. And you just see the minotaur like tumble over. So it kind of made me laugh, but I was like, that was a funny touch. Like I yeah. liked that. I love that moment because he's like worried about Edmund yeah. being stabbed, and so he's and at like that got point, that. It's like oh, he's that's strong actually now. a really good moment that I love. That was like really just great filmmaking in general. How yeah. like everything goes quiet. And he screams, but you don't hear him yeah, scream. Yeah, I liked that. It's a good moment. They did that with the battle, too, where it kind of turns silent as they're running towards each oh, other. Oh, yeah. Or, like, it's music. It's building up music, and as soon yeah. as the armies like, collide, the boop, music boop. cuts out. Yeah. I like I like when it's it a gives pretty, me chills. It's a pretty typical thing to do, but it's a super effective, like, tactic for having yeah. things like that. Even Lord of the Rings does that. Like, every movie with a big battle like that does that. Yeah. And I'm not complaining, because I think it's cool, yeah. you know? It is, it is very well done. But... Uh, yeah, this is super great. Yeah. All right. Lion so, Witch in the Wardrobe. Lion Witch Wardrobe. Uh good good time. Good first movie for the trilogy. Um yeah. That is Care Paraval, the castle of the Four Thrones. In one of which you will sit, Peter, as High King. You doubt the prophecy? No. It's just it. Aslan, I'm not who you will think I am. Peter Pevensey, formerly of Finchley. Beaver also mentioned that you planned on turning him into a hat. (laughs) Peter, there is a deep magic more powerful than any of us that rules over all of Narnia. It defines right from wrong and governs all our destinies. Yours and mine. But I couldn't even protect my own family. You've brought them safely this far. Not all of them. Peter, I will do what I can to help your brother. But I need you to consider what I ask of you. I do want my family safe. Let's talk about Prince Caspian. Prince Caspian. Two days ago. I didn't believe in the existence of talking animals. Or dwarves or centaurs. And here you are. In strength and numbers that, that we tell marines could never have imagined. Whether this horn is magic or not, it brought us together. And together, we have a chance to take back what is ours. If you will lead us, then my sons and I offer you our swords. And we offer you our lives unreservedly. Miraz's army will not be far behind us, sire. If we are to be ready for them, We'll need to hurry to find soldiers and weapons. The 
I'm sure they will be here soon. But please, Caspian. I really like the uh, the opening of this movie. That yeah. I like the Both op- I like that the opening really credits. Yeah, the opening like credits and stuff where it's like the stuff is happening and you get like the credits and it's just him like running. I'm gonna compare it to Lord of the Rings again. It's like uh, <laughs> Rowan running away from the ring race. Oh yeah, kind of reminded me yeah, of that. Yeah, just you know, visually, like contextually in the story, it's. Uh, I guess it's sort of kind of like a similar thing where he's like running away from people trying to like, but yeah. again, that's just a very vague thing. But yeah, yeah I like the opening a lot. Um, Prince Caspian kind of surprised me. I was, ex- I remember liking it, but liking it a lot less than Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. Hmm. Um, and I gotta say, I, I'm struggling to decide if I like this more. Really, I, which surprises me. I, I think, don't. I don't think I do. I, I think see, it's. I, I, I think, think there it's was a time about even. Yeah, I think there was a. Well, I for some reason had a memory that I actually really did like this movie a lot more than I actually ended up liking it after yeah. rewatching it because there's a lot of things that I really love about it. Uh-huh. In fact, I think this is this might be an unpopular opinion, but I think the movie is an improvement on a lot of things in the original story. No, yeah, I um I I'm kind of in a place where I'm struggling to think if I like it more because there's a lot of elements that I think it does way better than the first one. Yes. But there's a lot of pacing issues in like the second half for me. Yeah. But I think like the first half hour, I think like the first like mm-hmm. hour 20ish minutes or so are like great. Yeah. And it kind of it gets weirdly slow and it kind of doesn't, it kind of drags a lot. I think it kind of falls apart in the end. It sort of falls apart in the end a little bit, but I still think it's like good enough. But overall, like I, what I really liked about this movie was conceptually like the world building and how their return was handled. Like I love the the first half of this movie. I really like it. If I was just going off of that, I, w- I was thinking in my head, I was like, wow, this is actually, like, quite a bit better than Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. Like, I love, yeah. like, the way they get back to Narnia, just feel, it's, like, a little weird, like, the train comes by, and he's like, I oh, always loved that I wish scene. It's a sick scene visually, yeah. but I I kind of wish, like, they weren't like, when are we going back to Narnia? And then just, <laughs> I wish they would have just, like, maybe mentioned it. I wish they would have mentioned it earlier, and then yeah. they're at the train station. It was kind of it felt weirdly convenient <laughs> for him to say it, and then it just happens. But how long does he expect? But that us sequence to wait? is like very Harry Potter. Yeah, and like yeah, uh, not that. in a way where I think they were inspired by Harry Potter, but it reminds me of like that, like the fantastical way of getting, like all the weird, fun ways they have of getting to Hogwarts in the movies. Yeah. Like through the fireplace or through the brick wall and stuff. Yeah. And this one, it's like, oh, in the subway. Uh, Which in the book, it's it's kind of, I I understand the direction that they went because in the book it, it would be a little weird because from what I remember, all it really is is that you know they're, they're in the train station and they all of a sudden hear, feel these hands like pulling at them. Yeah, and then it just pulls them into Narnia. Yeah, and in the movie they just get like pinched. They're like, oh, oh yeah, what is that? There's like a. Which I don't know if that like, was stop, necessary stop. to keep Yeah, in. that was kind of weird. I was like, what was the point? But then Lucy's like, it feels like magic. So it's like weird, <laughs> but then you're like, oh, it's like they're being transported. And I guess it's like, uh, that was like kind of weird. It's like, it was kind of yeah. awkward, but like the visual of like the train station, like falling apart. And right before it happens, Susan, like avoiding the dude that was like 
talking to her that was kind of funny yeah but i i like um <laughs> phyllis but i really liked the the opening of it and like you know you're seeing peter get in a fight and then edmund like yeah. kind of jumps in to help him so it kind of quickly establishes like yeah i know they're not like at each they other's throat. Each other yeah anymore. like they're tight now because yeah. obviously they grew up like together already so yeah they're not like angsty kids towards each other anymore like yeah they're Edmund's just angsty a adults lot more, and teenager bodies they're pretty believably matured yeah like you i kind of believe like yeah they they did become adults and then turn into kids again sort of yeah like they, none of them like there are moments where it's like oh they're kind of acting like they're age quote-unquote again mm-hmm. but they uh which there is that line when he after the fight and the one dude breaks them up and he's like at your age and i was like ah <laughs> oh, clever oh i never noticed yeah. that there's That's some funny. like there's some clever little script moments like that and uh and when they get back to narnia you know they're on the beach and stuff and it's like where are we and it kind of starts yeah. setting up like i totally forgot that the plot of this is that they return but it's like hundreds of years later yeah, in it's narnia. like 1300 years later yeah and that's I love that concept and how yeah. it's done and all the establishment of how all the like the mythical creatures are kind of dying out and they're in their own area and they find the dwarf guy played by Peter Dinklage who is great yeah. in this movie. <laughs> I love his character and yeah. and like the sequence where they're saving him from the guys and they're like drop him and they just like throw him in the water <laughs> and then he's like drop him. That's the best you can come up with. I was like with. this movie's like genuinely funny. Yeah. I, the the way they build up the world and show how Narnia has changed, I'm like, this is super effective world building. Like, yeah, I think I it's more re- effective than it is in the book, I've, I have yeah, to say. Because I, I in agree. the book, it's more like, oh, it's been a few hundred years. It's kind of sad, but we're here to save yeah. the day. But like in the movie, it's a lot like, like oh, no, no, this is sad. Like A lot of bad things yeah. have happened. And, and there's even some cool little filmmaking moments, like call, like visual callbacks, um, like the scene where prince caspian he hides in the wardrobe when the people like they bring out their crossbows and just start shooting his bed oh i never thought Um, about that and there's like the part where he's like in the wardrobe and the way he slowly closes it and is like looking is exactly how peter does it at the beginning of lion witch in the wardrobe there's some like interesting like i just noticed things like that where i'm like there's some interesting little visual it rhymes yeah. in, in a way, you know, and I never thought um, about that. And even just the way they establish like the conflict, like it opens up with a woman giving birth and it's like, yeah. Whoa, this is like tonally seems a bit more yeah. intense already. And, yeah. Um, and it's a boy and then they, it's like, why is that a big deal? And then it shows the people just shooting Caspian's bed as he's hiding. And you're like, Oh, okay. It does a very good job of showing you like, yeah what is kind of going on without being expository. And I was like, this right. is like a super effective, like setup. Like yeah. I was really into it and the world building was awesome. Yeah. And, uh, just the idea of like, yeah, we look like kids, but we were the Kings and Queens of Narnia, uh, believe us we're adults and yeah. like kind of the conflict of Peter trying to be a leader with Prince Caspian and, like, I, re- some, I really, like, it was a little... There are parts of it that kind of annoyed me. Yeah, there's some parts where I'm like, okay, it's like... Drama getting, it, it gets a little repetitive, but, like, yeah. just that concept, I'm like, yeah, that would be weird. Like, yeah. we did rule Narnia, and we're, like, and we were gone for 100 years, and now, now we're just back, but now you're yeah. technically prince or king. So, like, what? It's, it's just an interesting premise, and, um, like, yeah. conceptually, I just thought 
for the most part, it was done super well. And yeah. Conceptually, there's a lot of great ideas. Like, uh, probably like, my favorite part about the movie is just the whole, the, the Telmarines in general. Yeah. I love the approach that they went in. Yeah, they're um, great. Because it was a super unique idea for Andrew Adamson, the director. It was his idea to make the Telmarines as if they were like, uh, you know, of Mediterranean descent and with these right. different accents. Like, if, and if we compare the first one, Lord of the Rings, honestly, the Tilmarines, for some reason, they kind of remind me of more of, like, Game of Thrones, if anything. Yeah. Like, not necessarily, yeah. obviously, a lot more kid-friendly. And Peter than, Dinklage, so yeah, Game of Thrones, which, obviously, yeah, copied. Un- unintentional, <laughs> uh, unintentional reference with him there, but, yeah, like, it... Like they were a lot more brutal and like visually, like their armor, like the yeah. beards and the ar- like architecture and stuff, uh, and you know them and all the chairs at the beginning. Yeah, and honestly, when they for... bring Peter Dinklage in. I was like, this is kind of like Game of Thrones ish, which I hate yeah. just comparing this to everything, but I think it's kind of interesting to compare it well, this to like it's fantasy. Yeah, exactly. That's why the it's mo- like the show, at least. That's why I don't feel as bad comparing it because it's like yeah. it's not like that would have been an influence, you know. Yeah. I found the scenes with the Telmarines even as a kid were some of the more interesting parts of the movie because yeah. in the book there's like really no build up of of the characters of those characters at uh-huh. all really. Like you never see King Miraz and and you never see him interact with Caspian hardly at all. Right. Which they made that more of a thing in this one. And I gotta say, I love Sergio Castellito's performance as Miraz. You forget my notes. Nanya was once a savage lad. Fierce creatures roam free. Much of our forefathers' blood was shed to exterminate this bird. Or so we thought. But why we've been bickering amongst ourselves? They've been breathing like cockroaches under a rock, growing stronger, watching us, waiting to strike! so much more interesting uh he's just a great performance he's very uh he's very for foreboding and like kind of like oh this guy's like the real deal and he's like uh-huh. he means business you know yeah and it's just fun to watch yeah he's actually like pretty intimidating and yeah. i uh, there's something else I, I really appreciate about the writing of this movie which obviously may be in part due to the book but i think obviously you know they adapted it prop some parts properly as well. And yeah. I like um some of the consistency. Like there's the part where they're in the forest and Lucy says she sees Aslan and no one else does. And they're just like, Oh, well, and they just keep going. And then they're in a camp yeah. after that scene. And uh, I love, cause in my head, I'm just like, 
man, they're going to really like do this again. Like the first movie where they're like, oh, you're just imagining Narnia. The, yeah. the wardrobe's not that. And I thought, I was like, are they really going to like start retreading <laughs> that? Where it's like, you're just seeing things. But instantly, like the next scene is Susan just being like, how come I didn't see him? And she was like, you believe me? And she was like, well, yeah. And yeah. I was like, yeah, it's like, uh, so I, I, I really appreciated that. Cause I was like, man, yeah. I was kind of, I didn't remember much of this movie because I didn't watch it nearly as much as the first one. So like, yeah. I almost got annoyed, but then they like addressed it right away where Susan was just like, oh, yeah, no, I yeah. Feel like, why wouldn't like, why wouldn't I believe you at this point? Yeah. You and know, even Edmund, not... he's like, the last time I didn't believe in Lucy, I ended up looking pretty stupid. Yeah. So and... I, I like that because yeah. they're all technically adults. Like they trust her at this point. Like she's yeah. an adult too. You know, it's not like they have the excuse of her being a dumb kid, you know? Yeah. So I, I liked that they kind of kept that consistent and like realistic. Like they didn't just retread like the conflict of no one believing her and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and the scene where um, Edmonds, I, I forget Peter Dinklage, his character's name, but the part where they find uh, him and Edmund, like, yeah, where they like have a sword fight and he like proves to, he's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You are the real deal. <laughs> and it's like, Oh yeah. Cause of course he's a good sword fighter because he was in Narnia for 20 years. So yeah. it kind of establishes like they've retained that knowledge and, yeah. and then stuff like Susan being like, I just got used to the idea of living in London and now it's like, yeah. I'm going to be back here and I'm not going to want to leave. And I finally got used to being back there, and which is really just great. super believable approach to like, yeah. yeah. How would you process being like you spent most of your life in Narnia as opposed to like actual earth and London. Yeah. And now you're, back in London and you finally get used to that. And then you're pulled back only to yeah. eventually probably have to return. It's like, that would be yeah. really weird and conflicting, which is really great. Like writing a... and staying true to C.S. Lewis's character. Cause yeah. I know. I think you said you hadn't read the last two books. I haven't read silver chair or last battle. Do you want me to spoil something for you? You can go for it, yeah. I don't care. So the last battle is based... Sorry, we're going off on this, you know, just talking about the last battle yeah. real quick. But it does it does have to do with Susan's character. And the last battle, it's basically kind of like the end times, but for Narnia. Yeah. And, like, all the Pevensey kids and, like, all the main characters of Narnia get to come back to basically what is Narnia's version of heaven. Oh, okay. But Susan doesn't. Oh, because as she grows up, she be, she basically loses interest in Narnia mm. and becomes too too fixated on on the world. Okay, you know? and so she doesn't make it. Interesting. Yeah, so it's like really good, like foreshadowing into like who her character is. Yeah, that and is even kind of more so. The, the, one thing, good thing I'll say in Don Treader is that they also continue it kind of there. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I I kind of noticed that for the first time, rewatching it, it's like, oh, yeah. So it's like planting the seeds, kind of. Yeah, that know. is interesting. Because if they would have kept making these movies, they probably would have eventually gotten to follow up on that. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was like a really believable conflict and approach. Because I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how I'd be like, oh man, like, do I yeah. like? It's great to be back here, but all I'm gonna do is be torn away from it again, and then I'll have to get used to being back home you know and yeah yeah, and just like the movie is just genuinely pretty funny too um like a lot of the humor Mm -hmm. didn't come across as like a lot of corny dorky like avengers marvel (laughs) type humor like i was actually like that's like really funny like actually um, uh, i was i forgot to mention the the script for all these movies was written by christopher marcus and uh stephen mcfeely 
who wrote a lot of the Marvel movies. Yeah, I remember seeing like that. Captain America. He and also like wrote Avengers some like and such. other like indie movie that is apparently really good too. Because I remember I, I can't remember what it was, but I remember I looked at it and I was like, oh, this guy wrote Narnia. What the heck? It was yeah. like weird. I forget who it was. It was kind of like their first big break, and then they went on to yeah. Marvel movies. But and um, anyways, like the scene where they're going into the tomb and Peter just starts making a torch and he's like, anyone got a light? And he's like, no, this is my old though. And it's like a flashlight. <laughs> and it, you know, just like stuff like that. I'm like, this is actually like pretty funny humor. And yeah. Um, and I like that. I like seeing Edmonds be like lighthearted with Peter more after yeah, mostly being in conflict the last movie. It's a good, yeah. like, they're not just retreading the conflicts between them from the previous movie. Yeah. Um, which I like. So, yeah. In fact, like Edmonds, Ends up saving the day. Yeah. In the later scene with the White Witch uh-huh. coming back. Almost. And I like that. I kind of like the idea of, you know, like it's cool that Edmund's kind of internal like conflict is kind of done with the White Witch. And that's kind of like his problem to deal with now after yeah. like all the stuff from the previous movie, all that she did to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's like kind of like a cool. I don't know if it's like symbolic or anything, but I, I like the idea that he's the one who gets to like deal with her because he right, had yeah. it the worst from her and was <laughs> manipulated and like basically abused by her in the last yeah. movie. And he kind of gets to, and like Peter almost like messes everything up. But yeah. Then Edmund just comes and also that. Um, I like the, the stealth sequence where they're sneaking into the castle and Do stuff. you like that scene? Yeah. See, I wasn't sure how I the was The only thing that's kind of dorky it. is like the little trumpet music every time the mice show up. I'm well, like... I, I love that, though. That's like his theme. It's dorky, but I like <laughs> it. But it's just funny how like the music is constantly like, changing every time a different character is on, yeah. which I like that. But that's the only thing. I, I, every time I watch it, I, like it, it hit me because I remember as a kid like thinking like, oh, the mice get like a little silly trumpet song yeah and i was like oh yeah i remember that uh, i don't dislike it it's something that I, like <laughs> kind of briefly like distracts me i guess but i like yeah i think that whole sequence is pretty fun like you know him yeah and it's completely new like not in the book yeah but it's good yeah. you know and i think it, it really sets up um, it's, it, it shows the dynamic of like how this team will like try to work together and stuff and it's pretty yeah. cool and you get to see sequence. caspian interact with miraz yeah um, you know, one of the few times, and he learns about his father. Mm-hmm. It's it's got some good stuff. Also, uh, there's a there's a scene where Peter Dinklage is. This is one of those like Aaron uh, uh, Aragorn st- uh, breaking his toe kind of a scene. Right. So Peter Dinklage gets um, knocked off the tower. You know, uh, yeah. When things start to go wrong, mm-hmm. and you see, it, like in slow mo, he like lands on his head. That was real. He really landed oh. on his head in the filming, and he was okay. Yeah, but Dang. he told he he like insisted to Andrew Adamson, the director. He's like, I fell on my head. You have to keep that in the movie. Yeah, I was <laughs> so kind of wondering. Did. I was like, did that like happen or wow? Damn, yeah. that's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah, it was unintentional, and but it made sense in the rest of the movie too, because like they bring him back, and he's like half dead basically. And yeah, Lucy brings him back, um, but. Uh, yeah, good stuff. I my biggest problem with the film is 
kind of similar to the problems I have with Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, although it's not really the Lord of the Rings thing, because yeah. Prince Caspian actually feels like that it has a, a distinctive voice apart from Lord of the Rings, because totally. like, yeah. there's a different aesthetic, everything mm-hmm. with like the Telmarines and like old Narnia being like all old and rustic. The problem I have is, is the fact that they're try, trying to take the source material and they're still trying to make it dark and gritty, um, which is fine. They did those parts fine, uh-huh. but still, and you see more in the end of, of the film. Because when you read the book, there's this really weird section uh, where uh, Susan and Lucy are with Aslan, mm-hmm. and they interact with all these weird and crazy characters that are like gods. There's like a river god and uh-huh. such, and the and the naiads and the dryads, and it's like this fun. It's kind of like the Tom Bombadil scene of Narnia. Yeah, and they they take all of it out, but they try to keep elements in. I feel to appease the fans, probably with like. Yeah. The river god coming out of nowhere and you know destroying it. Yeah, and yeah. like and like Aslan kind of showing up in the trees, and for this movie, I felt like it was just such a such a tone switch, and it's oh, just totally, like, yeah. what is going on here? Yeah, that's you know? kind of like my. I guess the best way for me to describe it is like where in the first movie I was talking about how I love the setup and I think the payoff is just pretty good. Like, I feel like all the setup and world building in this movie is even better, but then all the payoff is like even less like good. Yeah. So it's like partly better, but partly worse. Yeah. It's which is why it's almost even for me. Cause I'm like, man, I love the first half, but then it doesn't come together as well as the first one. Yeah. It and the almost... first one doesn't come together that amazingly at the end. It's like good, but this one, I'm like, yeah, it's a it little more, sense. it's obviously a little more sloppy in this one when yeah. it like comes to the third act. Because it seems like they're, they're trying to both make a dark and gritty movie while also appeasing the fans of Narnia. And for me as a movie, I almost wish that they had just completely done away with that stuff and just like somehow have the big battle at the end uh, resolve in some, you know, other way. Yeah. You know, in yeah, a I way felt that like made they were a too scared to like adapt it like too much, but it's like it would have just been a better structured movie if they like took some more liberties, but it's like they were afraid yeah. to take too many liberties. Yeah, which you know? yes, it would have pissed off a lot of fans. I mean, a lot it's really divisive now yeah. anyways. Yeah. So I understand, but um yeah, it, for the movie it just kind of doesn't really make all that much sense it's just like this river god just comes out of no what is what is this yeah it's super weird you know? if you like have no context for that it's like what yeah well, i mean i've read the book so i kind of like remembered a little bit yeah you know i was like and oh, the yeah, river god doesn't that. even like do that in in the book yeah what happens is that like he's this river god that's chained by this bridge and aslan releases him but the mm. battle's not going on but later when the Telmarines are like trying to escape the Narnians, they're trying to retreat. See, it's been so long since I've read it. Yeah, same um, here. They they give up because like the bridge isn't there, and oh. that's all. They don't see the River God, but yeah. So it's weird. I there's a lot of things that I really love about it, uh, but in the end, it just it's just kind of sloppy yeah and it sucks because i felt like the the first like 
65% of the movie was so solid, you know, like a lot of it is really good and yeah, but it really does sort of kind of fall apart uh, with the third act. It's a little sloppy, kind of like boring at times, like a little, it's a little too slow yeah. for its own good. Like it felt like some scenes should have been deleted or something. Um, yeah. But it was overall, like I liked it better than I remembered. Um, I'd probably give it like a seven. Um, I gave it a seven as well. I liked it more than I thought I did, and I I still really think it's the best when it comes to world building, which world building tends to be my favorite aspect of like movies like this, and even just moments. Like I think a really clever way to kind of show how things have like I think these movies do a good job of showing and not telling. Like there's the moment where they're with uh, Trumpkin and the bear like shows up and Lucy's just like, hello bear. And the starts attacking them. And she's like, yeah. why is it attacking us? Yeah. Cause they're just like, yeah, bear, like bears are just bears now. Yeah. So it's, it's I, like stuff like that. I think is like a cool way to establish like, yeah, this is like, it's been hundreds of years. It's different. Like it's not this mystical fantasy place you guys are used to anymore. Like just moments like that, I think are cool. And it does a really good job. And part of me was like, man, am I going to like this way more? And like, wardrobe and i really didn't it was kind of like just almost even for me um yeah like there's a lot of stuff i liked a lot more than wardrobe and then there's a lot of stuff that like wardrobe has a better third act but yeah this one has a better setup for everything yeah i suppose i think i really like the fight between peter and miraz yeah i think too. that's done really well in fact there's a lot of like great camera shots in there that i really yeah, love yeah like i think the, all the battle stuff is still really cool you know yeah. it just the doesn't feel like is good as... up until like the the trees yeah i uh, agree yeah it's kind of just like all right convenient <laughs> there we go Got yeah him. it's not like it's not like the eagles in lord of the rings it's like if um after all the orcs ran into the forest after helm's deep if that was just like how the trilogy ended <laughs> like and the trees destroyed all the arcs <laughs> the end yeah it's like if the ends were like the climax of the whole story you know yeah it'd be like okay cool cool you the know? trees did it there has been like hardly any build-up to this yeah <laughs> so yeah but you know it's a mixed bag yeah but I mostly still really enjoy it. Mixed bag, but way more positive than yeah. I thought it would be. Like, yeah. still really good. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it. A lot. I probably like it a lot more than most people, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a super... I enjoy it more than most people. For as little as I watched it growing up, I was surprised how much I remembered of it, like visually and like line delivery and stuff. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I, like, I totally remember all this. Um, yeah. A lot of memorable stuff. Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah. Perhaps I was wrong. Maybe you do have the makings of a Talmarin king, after all. Not one like you. your life but I am giving the Narnians back their kingdom
Yeah, Prince Caspian. So, Prince Caspian happened, and uh, it didn't do as well in the box office. So Disney it didn't was really, like, it didn't do as well critically either. Yeah. Like, so it, it got. I'm honestly su- surprised. I guess the critical reception was as. It's not like it was bombed, but I looked on Letterboxd and it was like a two point nine, and I was like, that seems like. Hmm. It should at least be a, like a three something. Yeah, like, I wonder. I was like, it's not. I was kind of surprised. I was like, I didn't think it was that frowned upon. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, as a, pro- a lot of it probably is like fan reception. I, I think a lot of it too is like because the part that is really not great is the third act and like the final stuff. A lot of people's impressions of movies will mostly be dependent on like the last. 30 minutes of a movie yeah and for me like i reflect on the whole thing um because i'm so much smarter than everyone (laughs) else but no i like i'm thinking like well i love like 65 percent of the movie yeah like a lot of it and then dislike a smaller percent of it yeah so it's like to me i'm like oh yeah most of it's great but because that last act is not so great a lot of people will just be like oh that's how the whole movie was yeah you know so i'm like yeah yeah so what whatever reason, Disney was like, we don't really see this being profitable if we keep doing this. So yeah, we're dropping it. But Walden Media, who was the original studio that's like making the movie, yeah, like well we want to keep doing it. So, and then Fox was like, we'll do it, and uh, they had a different director, uh-huh. Michael Apted, who actually recently passed away. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. Um, well, sorry, Rest we're about peace. to like hate on your movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Sorry, Segway. man. The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was thrilling. <laughs> How in the world did you end up here? I have no idea. <laughs> Caspian, Edmund, it's great to see you. Great to see you. Didn't you call for us? No, not this time. Well, whatever the case, I'm just glad to be here. <laughs> Your Majesty. Hello, Reap. What a pleasure. But the pleasure is all mine, sir. But first, what to do about this this hysterical interloper? That giant rat thing is trying to claw my face off! I was merely trying to expel the water from your lungs, sir. It's all. Did you see? Did anyone just hear that? He just talked! He always talks. Actually, it's getting him to shut up that's the trick. The moment there is nothing to be said, Your Highness, I promise you I will not say it. But I don't know what kind of prank this is, but I want to wake up right now! Perhaps we could throw him back. I demand to know just where in the blazes am I? You're on the Dawn Treader, the finest ship in Narnia's Navy. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be honest. It's gonna be hard for me to talk about this because I still don't like really remember a ton about it, even really? though I watched it like a week ago. I, I just don't find the movie like it's not awful. It's not awful to me. I just like I have trouble like retaining a lot of like what goes on in it. Mm-hmm. I think it's f- fine. <laughs> I think it's like kind of inoffensive, but I just I find it kind of forgettable. Yeah, like I don't really like. I, 
I've now seen this movie twice in my life, and I, pr- I don't know if I'd ever watch it again unless I was just felt like it's probably my third time watching it. Yeah, I've watched it once in theaters. I just find it fine. Like the whole like the third act of Wardrobe, or maybe like the third act of Caspian, is like the quality of this whole movie for me. Because like I don't think the third act of Caspian is bad. I just think it's like kind of mixed. Yeah, and that's just how I feel about the entirety of this movie. <laughs> the entirety. I'm just like of it's it. like fine. Like there's good moments, but I just yes, I find it so much less engaging than the other ones. And I don't. And then I think a lot of people love the book. Bu- the book, like you said, the book I think is great, and I think there is this, like a good movie in yeah. there but i understand see they tried to change it too much because yeah the original book really all it is is just like like yeah there's a main objective to find all these lords but it's like you don't really feel that that much where it's yeah. like we're we also just want to you know check on these islands and see how they're doing and like the movie does a bad job of setting up things like the previous two because the previous two like I've said with both of them, I I compliment how they set up conflicts and characters and yeah. how they establish like what the movie is going to be about in the world. And I feel like this movie is like doesn't really set up things very well at all. It's just well, like the all thing right, we're is, here. What they're happens. setting up is something completely. You know, it's not mm. in the book. Yeah, they at the green mist thing. Yeah, it's not in the book at all. I think the green mist is so dumb. It was it was their attempt that's, that's to like try to worst. add a villain to the book. Yeah, which um, to the story, which the book doesn't really have a villain. It, it has an objective. Yeah, but the book is more like it's, sort it's of more like about globe. the journey than the destination. It's trying to be like a globe trotting type of a movie thing, but they kind of tie it down with like this green mist conflict and it's yeah. like, all right, well, white witch is back. Woo. Well, cool. Like the original story is more of a globe trotting yeah. kind of thing. And they should have just left it. They at should, that. If they would have gone all in on that and just focused on like showing cool parts of the, like if this would have just been like a really cool, like just pure world building movie and like, we're, getting all these lords and doing all this, but yeah. they really don't try to do much world building at all in yeah. this movie. It's very weak world building, which maybe their excuse is like, well, the previous movies already established and we're Narnia enough. We don't need to anymore. But I'm like, yeah. no, like bring me back in. Like ever, sorry, Lord of the Rings again, like every Lord of the Rings film, even though you're familiar with middle earth by return of the King, you still have like a ton of, like things that immerse you in the world even yeah. more. And it's like, keep doing yeah. that, you know, don't like stop just cause it's been done before. Yeah. Just kind of makes it like, like it feel like the, the, the blah, the <laughs> Narnia in this movie just feels super disconnected from the previous yeah, ones. To me. Exactly. Even, even visually, see, like the one thing visually the, it's wh- like, doesn't feel like the same planet. It doesn't. Cause like one, I guess, positive thing that i can say about it is that this is the least lord of the rings like movie out of yeah. all of them but to its detriment it doesn't feel like it's part of the franchise yeah which i get it it's you know a new a new producer a new uh director but still yeah, like yeah. it's still trying to be a part of the franchise but it's not and and also it's kind of like <clears throat> in many instances it's like a middle finger to what they it's kind of like the Ryan Johnson film of, the, <laughs> of it's it's the, the um, last, Jedi. last Jedi of the series because yeah. the whole like 
tell Marines having uh, Mediterranean accents, that's gone. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, we don't need like stupid accents in the movie. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like they just mm-hmm. totally throw away a lot of things that were just established before. Yeah. And they're just like, no, it's like this now. Whatever. Yeah. We don't care. And the character of Reaper Cheap is complete, completely different. Yeah. Uh, which it's I, bizarre. we didn't talk about him uh, from Prince Caspian. But I like him a lot in Prince Caspian. I do too. He's, he's great. He's a different, it was a different approach than like the original st- uh, book character. Yeah. But I liked it. It's voiced by Eddie Izzard. He was a very and, fun, non-annoying, like comedic relief type. Yeah. Because none like of the main kids are really you know? like comedic relief characters. Yeah. Which I'm glad, like these movies don't really have a lot of comic relief characters, you know? And yeah. There's like cool, okay, little mouse guy, you know, he's yeah. funny. Yeah. But he's not like obnoxious, you know? Right. And and this uh, and this he's voiced by Simon Pegg actually. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and forgot. his character is more true to the book. He's kind of like adventurous and maybe a little witty, and you know that's fine. He's but, a little annoying, but it's a little. It's pretty inconsistent. It's from a little too Prince cartoony. Caspian. Yeah, it's like the tone of the world and some of the characters are just. You can really tell like they didn't have the same people working on this one. Like they were yeah. trying to emulate it, but they probably didn't watch the previous ones. I don't know. I think they did, but they just didn't care. I also like, I just, this bothered me when I watched it too. And I know it's part of the book, but I I do really miss like the whole crew. Like I miss Peter and Susan, like watching this. Yeah. Which I get. That's like part of the book is like, they can't return to Narnia at that point. But part of me is just like, man, it's like, like you're this team, which this is a weird criticism because this ends up being more criticism of the book. And it probably isn't, it's probably done way better in the book. Um, yeah. But I'm just like, man, we've like grown to know these like siblings and their dynamic. And now we cut out half of it. Yeah. And it's also in like a movie that I'm not saying they should have changed it for this. It's just like, it sucks. Cause like, man, like if we had more characters and like things to bounce off, there could have been more moments. With like the, I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah, that, I try not to harp on that too much because that's like source material, and the movie should have probably adapted it better. So it's like, how do I? I can't really criticize that because it's more about the adaptation rather than yeah. like the source material. Well, in the book, because in these movies they kind of try to put more like character development in them. Yeah. Uh, in the book, they're kind of just Edmund and Lucy. Uh-huh. And like the, the fish out of water and like the character with the most development is Eustace. I and will that, say, I think Eustace is cool. I love Eustace. Yeah. He's, he's the best part of the movie. He is. Yeah. Will Poulter. This was his like, this was like, cause this he's a good the, actor. He is. And yeah. he's gone on to do being great movies. He's probably weirdly you know? like one of the more successful people to like come from Narnia. Yeah. To like start in Narnia, which is funny cause he's in the worst one, but he's, <laughs> yeah. he was a good character. And I really, I, I kind of like the characters that are sort of like a holes at first, but kind of, yeah. you know, grow <laughs> to be like, they earn forgiveness and like become pretty Solid people. He has one of the best uh, character like, arcs in yeah. in the book series. That's like one of the aspects of the movie that sort of saves it from it being like a bad movie to me. Yeah, and it also makes up for the la- like I was just complaining about like Peter and Susan, but they did bring in someone to still have more of a dynamic with them. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like nobody's in. So do you think we should head back? Do you want to come here and guard something? Oh yes. 
Good idea, cousin. Very, um, uh, logical. I've got it, I've got it. Don't worry. So, yeah, I, I, he was a great addition. Yeah, um, he was really the Definitely, like, too. the best part of the movie, fun, like, well-written. Yeah, like, everyone it's not that all I know And Edmund and Lucy are still good, too. Yeah, I, f uh, I felt like Lucy not was somehow kind of, like, kind of weak. But they're the I think worst. it was mostly the script yeah, that they're was the worst just really bad. Yeah, I agree for sure. It's, like, the worst they've been in the trilogy. But I still was, like, I still believed it was those characters if that makes sense like i was like yeah, yeah it's probably just because it was the actors yeah because it's like jarring to suddenly have them in like weird fake narnia like it that looks doesn't really fake yeah like they didn't really that, that was what was cool about the first two there was such a cool focus on practicality and yeah it felt like very sets. grounded and this one was very like just fake Oversaturated at like just didn't it, yeah. it was trying to be like way too whimsical or something. Yeah, I think they were trying to overcompensate very, because very detached in, in the marketing. There was a for this film, there was a lot of emphasis on return to magic because I think a lot of people complained that Prince Caspian was too dark. Yeah, and, and they're so like, they're it's like really oh, colorful. don't worry, we brought back the magic and everything, and it yeah. looks all bright and everything. Like, well, no, it looks terrible now. Yeah, that, that and that's why like. <laughs> series like this need to just like stick with what they're doing and yeah if people are complaining about a thing being too dark but it's what you've gone into like don't backpedal so hard yeah. you know like stick i guess with, they felt uh, yeah. more uh at liberty to do that since it was a new studio and everything but yeah because it's even like with the harry potter movies it's like the first couple are very like child-friendly whimsical and then you get a way darker movie with prince of prisoner of azkaban and then yeah. the series progressively gets a little darker and then like order of phoenix or um you know half blood prince kind of bring back a lot of the more like whimsical school stuff but they still maintain the tone that they have established in the previous movies so the series of eight movies feel consistent and it's like yeah. a lot of movies that try to become a franchise make a really good one and then they make one that's like slightly rest wow less receptive like, yeah received less well from general audiences. <laughs> yeah. And then the third one is where they're like, oh, people didn't like this about the second one, so we'll backpedal and try to make it like the first one as much as we can. And then that one ends up being the worst, and then they just give up. It's like, no, no stick with your guns. Like, just keep it consistent. It's what you've established. Stick with it. Like, right. don't don't try to overcorrect yourself. Overcorrection, that's yeah. the best term to use because... Like, with a series like Harry Potter, you had people who were like, I miss, like, Sorcerer's Stone. I miss all the quirky, fun kid magic stuff. But mm -hmm. they stuck with it and made, like, probably the most consistent, like, franchise of, like, all time. Like, eight movies, and they're all good. It's pretty good. It's and different like, directors, too. Yeah, like, that's crazy because they, they really paid attention to tone and the world they built, and they didn't mess with it. Yeah. You know, even if some people criticize it, like, well, it's what we got, so it's what we're going to build on. Yeah. And this movie is like, oh, people didn't like that? All right, well, we'll undo all that then. Yeah. Sorry. Like, okay. And then it's like <laughs> we're worse. Sorry. And then they're like, well, now we've made a mess because we have 
this third movie and it's like what now do we revert back mm. to what we had before and make it even more of a mess <laughs> well, or do we stick that, with this new overcorrection that, and try to make was, it work that was the straw that broke the camel's back because after that failure Walden Media just dropped yeah, it and then they just that's why they just didn't make <clears> anymore because it's like well we can't keep doing this because it people hated it basically and we can't go back to the original because now we've changed it so whoops yeah it's just like man it's just disappointing because I remember always anxiously, even though I didn't love Don Treader, I was still remember kind of anxiously waiting for a new movie to be announced. And yeah. it just never happened. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, even though I didn't love, I, I think Don Treader's okay. Mm-hmm. It's like a five or a six out of ten. Like, probably five. It's like straight down the middle. It's probably for five for me. I'm just neutral. I don't really like yeah. it. I don't dislike it. It has good elements, but it's a super sloppy and worst world building. Like, the characters aren't used that well. But. Um, there are some times where the visuals look cool. Um, yeah. Like, I think, and you know, um, uh, some of the new characters are still done really well and stuff. But it's also it's also probably, um, probably the most on the nose with its, like, you know, metaphorical stuff. Like, at the end, Aslan's like, in your world, I go by a different name. It's like, well, no way. <laughs> well, that's straight from the book, It's from though. the book, but yeah. it, it, it's, the, it's the way... It was, like, the way it was done in the movie. I just always mm. found super cheesy. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I know that. Um, I don't know. Well, it never bothered me in the book for some reason. But I, th- I think it's... I think they put it in there because, for some reason, it, it's not... It's not obvious to the children. Yeah. So, because like, Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe, I, I was watching it and I didn't really even talk about this actually, but the like the Jesus symbolism, which I know this is like the point of Narnia, but I was like, this is like way more obvious than I remember. Really? I was like, this is super obvious. Well, it's yeah. like a Jesus thing, you know, which is cool. You know, I, I mean, I don't mind that, but there's something about some of the way they portrayed that through like the script and Don Treader near the end. I was just like, I was like, okay, I get it. Like it's, it, was, it got it was bordering on like on the nose territory, where mm-hmm. like Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, I can buy that this is like its own contained thing. But then Don Treader, it kind of makes it more about the metaphor instead of what the world is around that metaphor. If that makes sense, I don't really know what yeah. I'm saying. But which actually. Um... Interestingly enough, C.S. Lewis always hated using the term of like allegory or yeah. metaphor. He always he um he's been quoted as saying he he prefers to look at the Chronicles of Narnia as a supposal. Yeah. Uh, so supposing you know God created another world called Narnia, right? And you know he uh, came to that world in the form of a lion. Yeah. You know? And this is what I think would happen. Yeah. You know? And I like, I'm not like Tolkien where I'm like, I hate all allegorical writing. <laughs> like, I think it's fine. Yeah. I think I obviously love Narnia. Um, I think it's just the way they adapted it for Don Treader and the way they stayed true to that was just, it felt like they didn't really care. You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. like it was, I didn't or like, it just kind of came out of like, nowhere. I don't dislike the allegorical stuff. I just, the way they did it in the third one, I was just like, they just don't really like in the wardrobe. I was like, this is like, like the scene where like on the stone table and like Aslan is being tortured and stuff. I'm like, man, this is like pretty intense and like emotional and stuff. And a lot of those moments you get like that moment of like, you're just 
you really buy it, even though it's like obvious what it's doing. It's you yeah. still invest in it because like of the character and and all that. And then Don Trader, I was just kind of like, it just felt like it was, it didn't really care much about what it meant. If that makes yeah, sense, I can and I can understand that. And when I when I think about it, you see. From what I understand, Don Treader was actually C.S. Lewis had actually originally intended Nar- the Chronicles of Narnia to be a trilogy oh. with the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, and the Voyage of the Don Treader was going to be the last one. Oh. Which, if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of like end of the world kind of things. Yeah, and there is that that final interaction. With you know Edmund and Lucy, they're like, "Are we going to see you again?" Like, well, yes, because I live in your world under another name. Right. I think it would. It makes a lot of sense if it was originally supposed to be a trilogy to be just kind of like that final, like, yes, Aslan is Jesus. Yeah. You know, and you know you can get to know him too. But in the context, I can of the whole series, I can understand that not really making a lot of sense because one. It's not really addressed again. Yeah. In the last battle, everyone comes back, but it's not like everyone's saying, we're Christians now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're still like, you know, they still like follow Aslan. They uh-huh. don't make any mention of Jesus or anything. But I will say, I, I have a feeling that if they had taken that out of the movie, there would have been a lot of backlash. Oh, totally. Because every every Narnia fan knows that scene, and they probably would have freaked out and be like, "They're taking Jesus yeah. out of Narnia." You know? Yeah, like, and that would I I would agree. Like, I don't want them to like take it out necessarily. It's 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 not nec- It's not that it's in the movie. I think it's just the way it was executed in the movie. I feel like the people making it were just like, yeah. "Well, it's got whatever. We got to put it in there." Yeah. You know? And I was like, they could have like. I don't really know where I'm trying to get at with it, but I just, I don't really, I see what you're saying. I'm not really like, Oh, that's such a great moment in the movie. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. I, I actually, it, it, cause I think it's just cause so many movies now do like Jesus symbolism, like man of steel. It's like, you look, he's opening his arms. He's like the cross, <laughs> get it. You know, yeah. in this movie, it's like, Hey, like, by the way, Aslan's Jesus. Like it is the way they <laughs> did it is like, felt so kind of like haphazard, like whatever. I, we don't see, really care. I can see that. Yeah. Just, it did, just it never exig- bothered me. Yeah. It's, it's not I really actually... like a huge detriment. It's just something where I'm like. It just felt less genuine compared to like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm just like I don't really see as much passion in like what Narnia is supposed to represent in the mm. context of C.S. Lewis's writing uh, as compared because it felt like the people who made the first two movies were big fans of Narnia and cared about it, and this one it felt yeah. like in like just an obligation. <clears throat> you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. It's just like a tone thing yeah. for me. I'm just like I don't feel like they cared about this. You know? Yeah, I don't know. And I actually... It's not like insulting. I'm just like, it's a little boring. No, no, yeah, yeah. I get it. But I actually kind of like that that whole scene. I like there. the visuals of it. Yeah, I think I like, like all the water and stuff. Yeah, and I like how they're walking along and just, they're just looking at their their foot, their feet, and then all of a sudden you just see Aslan. Yeah, I, like, I, like I do, that I do like that. Like, visually, I, I actually do really enjoy that yeah. scene with, like, all the water around them. And there's and some good emotion in there, too. I like when they're, like, saying when goodbye they say goodbye, to Reepa I do, and yeah. everything. And I like that. It's well done. It's mm-hmm. one of the better scenes in the whole movie. You're the closest thing I have to family. And that includes you, Eustace. Thank you. 
when I come back. Narnia may yet have need of you. never going back and which ends up being the end of the film trilogy yeah yeah. so yeah i also really like um the beginning scene when they uh when they enter into narnia i think that was done really creatively well i I actually think that might be one of the better i mean the wardrobe going through the wardrobe is too classic but i i think it's probably a little I think it's probably more well done than like the subway sequence. I actually like it a lot. I have a right mind to tell your father it was you who stole Aunt Alberta's sweets. Oh, really? I've been the painting. I found them under your bed. And you know what? I licked every one of them. Oh, I'm infected with you! What's going on here? Lucy, to think. Some kind of trick. Stop it or I'll tell mother! sequence watching it again i could tell like some of the some of the cgi was a little like the way like when it cuts to the train going into the light it looks really goofy yeah but i mean Uh, like the subway just tearing apart tile by tile is really cool yeah but there's it's pretty fake looking yeah but uh funny story about this so you know before don treader comes out Uh uh you know i'm a huge fan and i'm like after seeing prince caspian i'm like okay they're trying to be creative, visually creative, with the way that they, uh, you know, that they enter into Narnia. And in the book, all that really happens is that, like, you know, the picture comes to life, and uh, maybe they they get like water splashed into them. But Eustace like grabs the picture frame, and they're just kind of like drawn into Narnia. Oh, nice. Um, but I was like, it would be really f- cool. If like the water started coming into the room and just fills it up until all of a sudden they're in Narnia. Yeah. And then they did that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I love, I think that sequence is super cool. Even visually, it's just like, it's one of the more like believable looking visuals in the movie. Yeah. It's just cool. Like the, like all the water pouring out of the painting yeah. and, and then they like, come up to the water and they're just like in an ocean basically i'm like this is like that was like super cool like I, mm-hmm. that was something it um that kind of reminded me of harry potter out each harry potter movie like they have a new fun way of getting to like yeah you mentioned that. yeah like they have like a port where they'll hold on to a boot and they warp through or they go through a fireplace <laughs> and i like how narnia does a kind of similar thing where it's like oh the subway or through the painting and yeah i was kind of sad we didn't get more movies to see more of that i know right because it's like it's like this might be weird but those are some of my favorite moments in all the movies is just like them getting into narnia because mm-hmm. it's like there's it's very like a, memorable it, it's a satisfaction of like in the first movie it's like they're escaping this horrible house and this war and just their miserable lives essentially and they're going and they're it's like escapism like they get into this world and yeah. it's like satisfying in the second one 
you know, it's satisfying because they get to return after being away for a year. It's like Narnia is their real home. So you're like, yeah, they're going back. And then Mm -hmm. in this one, it's like a really fun, creative way to do it. Um, And I just like the emotion, the emotional context of going to Narnia because it's like escaping from the real world in a sense. Like, I think it's cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, Oh, what are some other good things I can say about it? <laughs> yeah, I, I just there's not a lot of stuff. For, I don't even really remember what the green mist does. I just remember like the That's white. The thing. I just remember that the white witch shows up in it at one point, and I'm just like, why? Yeah, like what? you know, the Prince Caspian. You know, Do she doesn't actually show movie? up in the book, but they brought her, and it's kind of fun, you yeah. know. And it was interesting, but this one, they just it just seemed like a like man, Tilda Swinton just cannot get away from these movies. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> It just felt like um, it was just like a shoehorn. It was a shoehorned in. I was yeah. like, yeah, I was like, why is she in this? I, was I like, felt she like, doesn't need to be in every movie, guys. Yeah, Come on. and I feel like it was their attempt at trying to bring some conflict to Edmund's character. Yeah, which just which is to me read is like they. It's like they didn't trust the source material enough with his character, so they're like, oh, people know a white witch, and he'll be scared of her, so we'll put that in, and that'll be character development. But it's like, no, he's already, like, overcome his, like, conflict yeah, with her. Why exactly. bring it back? Like, yeah. it's just, like, backpedaling on character arc. Yeah. You know? I'm like, oh, well, we've already... He's already been through this. Like, yeah. <laughs> why why does he have to, like, be traumatized by her his whole life? Like, he's overcome her. Let him move on, dude. Right. And they also add that thing... They bring back the whole, like, conflict between Peter and Caspian, but with Edmund and Caspian. Yeah. Saying, like, I'm king, you know? Yeah, like, that, that especially annoyed me. I was yeah. like, man, I was like... I, I hate when movies... That's why I liked... That was one of the things I appreciated about Prince Caspian, is it didn't retread like character conflicts from the previous movie. Like they were, they still felt like the same people, but just like more mature and like in new situations. And they're not just doing the same things and having the same conflicts between each other. And then Don Shredder, they kind of do that where it's like, Oh yeah. Edmund and Caspian will be mad at each other now. Like Edmund and, or, or like, Peter and Caspian before. Yeah. So that's where I was like, that's where I could tell like, yeah, the script writing just isn't there. Like they, like people on it tried. It's not like they just didn't try at all with the movie, but I, I yeah. didn't get a sense of anyone was like super passionate about Narnia that worked on this. Yeah. You know? I, I, I don't know. I mean, cause I, I became pretty familiar with the behind the scenes of the first two movies. And yeah. like, I recognize a lot of names mm-hmm. and like, I was just looking at the credits of this one rewatching it and like i barely i don't recognize anyone like yeah. the costume designer was the same but it was like a different Costumes cinematographer yeah cinematography cinematography wasn't like as like i didn't really i just didn't think about it yeah. it wasn't bad it was like like there were yeah. moments in the first i was like that was a really good shot yeah yeah same like, even in like um like in the first movie the shot of like the white witch's castle or them i can't remember if it was one or two but there was like a shot of a mountain and you have one of the um one of the fawns with like a bow and it's like in the bottom right. It's like a really well-framed shot. I was like, they got some like nice looking yeah. like, shots. In, yeah. Like all these movies, you know? Yeah. And, but Don um, Treader is just so yeah. Don Treader was forgettable. Boring. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's like by the books, like it's passable, but it's not, yeah. you're never going to be like that looked nice, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of like, like visually, there's a lot of scenes that I was just kind of looking forward to seeing portrayed on the movie, mm-hmm. but they're just bogged down by like really weird visuals and like bad pacing and just 
It's like, what that happened? What was that? Yeah, the pacing is not great in this movie. It's not like the worst paced movie ever. It was kind of like, whatever. And yeah, (laughs) it's ironic that this movie tries to like recapture the magic of Narnia while somehow being like the most like stale interpretation of the book. Yeah. Because it's like, they were like, yeah, Prince Caspian is too gritty. Prince Caspian, I think, is a solid adaptation of the book, you know? Yeah. To, for the most part. And then Don Treader, they were kind of claiming, like, yeah, we're bringing the magic back to Narnia. And it's like... But then they... But they didn't. <laughs> they it's like the it, magic It's back, like, in fact, you sucked out more than Caspian did, and, as you claim it did, you know? Yeah. And I'm kind of a Caspian defender. I, I have... Uh, I have developed... I think it what it may be a controversial opinion huh. is that I I no longer think that like an adaptation from a movie of, of a book that it has to be true to its source material. Oh heck no! Like it's probably preferable, especially if you're familiar yeah. with the source material. But the best like, adaptations do change a lot because it's necessary. Yeah. 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 And so I no longer think that in order for the movie to be good, it has to be true to the book. Uh-huh. Uh, Prince Caspian, I think, is a good example of that in different elements. Um, you think about The Shining, literally the movie adaptation. Yeah, you yeah. Know? is like the most somehow faithful and also unfaithful thing of all. Like it's yeah. super faithful, but also like intentionally very unfaithful. Yeah. And so, even Lord of the Rings, like you read those books and you watch the movies, it's like, wow, they changed a lot. Like, yeah tons of effort went into like making sure that they adapted those movies so that they would be well paced on screen and have a good like cast of characters that are not all the same. Yeah. Like making Gimli, like you don't have a lot of comedic relief characters. Let's make Gimli a little more funny. It's like they changed things because it's a movie. Yeah. And when you read a book, it's a story is paced so much differently when you read it as opposed to watching it. So it's like, yeah, you need to keep that in mind. And it's like, all right, well, what can we cut out? And it's like, yeah, a, a mo- if a movie is exactly like the book, it doesn't need to exist. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm no longer really of the opinion that um, I mean, I may love the Narnia books, mm-hmm. but I don't if the movie has to make changes to make a good movie, then that's fine. So I have no no big problem with taking liberties to the story. Yeah. But it has to be good. And yeah, like Voyage if, of the Dawn Treader with with the green mist and everything, it made no sense and they yeah. didn't explain it. Like it's the most that nonsense. they do is like, oh, what was that? No one knows. Yeah. Okay. It's, we're not gonna explain where this green mist came from or yeah, anything. It's just like a weird made up thing and it's like it's not even like a villain. It's like a Green, it's just boring. <laughs> it's lame. Like it's yeah. so uninteresting, and it, and it's, it's annoying so too because they like try to put there's like scenes where they show the green mist yeah. like moving around the boat. It's like wow, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, move on. So like I I think a good, uh, I mean take a shot, Lord of the Rings again. But if <laughs> like the first two movies are, if we compare them to like all right, they're like Lord of the Rings where they adapted them for film. They had to remove a lot of stuff and maybe change some certain things to 
And then Don Treader is more like the Hobbit where it kind of just added in a lot of unnecessary things. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and like they both e- came out almost even visually. The same it's time kind of too. same where it like dropped a lot of the practicality for more saturated CGI type yeah. of look. And stuff. I think it was because they were trying to, it was like during the 3d craze. Yeah. Like th- movies that tried to, I think emphasize... I saw it in 3d actually. Yeah, I did too. Mm. And like for some reason that just cheapens the look. Yeah, totally. So it's kind of funny that, yeah, it just ends up being like the Hobbit in a sense of yeah. of these movies, and in the same way where the Hobbit's not bad, it's just like nowhere near as good, and it has a lot of bloat, you right? Uh huh. And it's um, funny because it's not even that long of a movie, so it's like, why would you add things for a movie that exactly? It's still one book for. It's not like they're making it two parts. It was one movie for one book. Like, yeah, you should focus on what to remove, not what to add. That yeah, that's why I think is better for adaptations is like. I think it's easy to add stuff to an adaptation. It's hard to know what's right to remove. And I think Peter mm. Jackson talked about that, where it's like you have to remove things if you're going to make a movie about a book. You can't include everything. And the hardest part of adapting, because he wrote those, it's like the hardest thing to do is what do I remove and how do I make sure people don't like it works and that it won't. Yeah. Because it's like mm. putting a hole in a story, but figuring out a way to cover it up at the same time. Yeah. It's weird. It takes and, some great skill. And I think uh, with Don Treader, it was more about like, okay, well, we're, we're, obviously they removed some things, you know, because it's still like a movie, like right. like a two-hour movie or whatever. But instead of like filling up those holes properly, they just kind of were like, oh, green mist, villain, <laughs> we need that. Like, all right. Lucy white, has self-image issues. Yeah, Lucy's self-image <laughs> issues, white witch, returns Edmund's like conflict with cat like it just felt like lazy it's yeah. very not it's not a good screenplay it's not a good adaptation of the book really which is weird because it is the same like script writers like I genuinely I think this movie was so mid for me that I even accidentally had the impression that people didn't like like that it was one of the least favorites and for the books too I was like, no. I, for some reason, my and it's just it's probably just because of the movie. But I was like, oh yeah, don't people? I've known some aren't people Narnia that... fans. Like, I, I I didn't think people hated the book. I just was like, isn't Voyage of no. the Dawn Treader like one of the least favorites among the fans? No, I've known some Narnia fans that Dawn Treader is their favorite. Yeah, um, and like I, that, knowing that that ends up surprising me because I'm like, wow, they really like flubbed up the movie then. Yeah, and you know, because they made. Because then you said a lot of people actually say Prince Caspian's their least book, and actually yeah. didn't mind that movie. So it's like, yeah. man, I wonder what that previous team would have done with Don Treader. You well, know? it's the same script writers, which is um, yeah bizarre. Because like but the script it probably was just the director that the really script isn't like super is atrocious. It's really just like the it's like the pacing of it all and just the unnecessary things they added. Yeah. Add it in. It's like it could have been pretty good. Yeah. And here's the thing. While I said what I said about like adaptations, how it doesn't need to be true to the book. In my personal opinion, I think if the more true they stayed to the book, the better movie it would have been. Yeah. But the thing is, is that they were too afraid to make 
a globe trotting movie, and because they didn't think that people would find that interesting. Yeah, and they didn't like the first movie had White Witch. The second one, you know, had its clear antagonists, and I think they were afraid to be like, yeah. "Well, we have to have like an iconic villain for this yeah. one." And instead of making an iconic villain, they made a green mist that turned into <laughs> the White Witch. Yeah, or whatever. and it would have been a different film for yeah. sure. It would have felt different than the other two. But that's kind of like the whole book series. Every book feels different than the other. Yeah, and. They're pretty, they seem like hard books to adapt into movies, which is why I'm pretty impressed with the first two. Yeah. And Don Treader, it makes sense. Like, oh, this is what the first two probably yeah. could have been if they didn't have people yeah. that kind of cared a lot, you know? Although, after after watching these movies, right after watching Don Treader, I rewatched one of my favorite movies, Master and Commander. Oh, nice. Which is a perfect example of like a globe trotting movie. That is, you know, set in the ocean, set on a ship. And yes, there is like a, uh, an objective, just like in the original Don Treader movie. Yeah. But I think that would have been the perfect example of making a movie that is more about the journey than the destination. Oh, yeah, totally. And, uh, but they just didn't want to take that risk. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. They, they took an adventure movie and they they forgot to focus on the adventure aspect and just kind of made it more about like, goals but yeah getting to those goals isn't that interesting unfortunately yeah it's like yeah even if like what they're going to end up doing isn't the most exciting thing like the first two movies all this like i like i love those movies for how well they set everything up and even if the third acts of both of them aren't like mind-blowing they're still solid enough but like it's the setup that's so good and this movie it could have at least had like fun adventure, really fun setup and like interesting world yeah. building moments to see how things have changed and stuff. But they, you just don't even really get that with this one. No. Um, which is kind of sad because Narnia became such like an interesting world to me after Prince Caspian where it's like, yeah, like I, I get a huge sense of what this world is like now and I want to see more of it and I want to, see how other people in the world are doing and they just didn't take advantage of that, which is yeah. probably the the biggest tragedy of Don Treader is like you they it's have, supposed to be they a have movie a about movie. exploration. Yeah, they literally have an excuse to make it all about the exploration yeah. and to see more cool things in the world. Like you have the perfect catalyst for an adventure movie and you yeah. don't make it adventurous. Yeah, like, and it oddly enough that? feels it's literally so... called Voyage yeah. of the Don Treader. <laughs> and oddly enough it the movie just feels contained. Yeah, that's what's weird. Like you it don't, all, you, you don't know, even it takes get it. place on the ship, and like none of the locations that they visit yeah. are interesting. Yeah, you don't or even explored enough. You don't. You, they literally go to other places in the world, but it doesn't even feel like it. It's just kind of. It's yeah. it's just boring and lame, yeah. and it's not like insultingly bad. It's not the worst movie ever made. I'm just I'm just mid on it. Yeah, it has enough like pretty decent things to where I'm like it's not like. A horrible movie i'm just kind of like you said i'm just down the middle where i'm like yeah. i'm more just like disappointed that the series just kind of gave up <laughs> not mad just disappointed yeah, like it, the series <laughs> just kind of gave up like it's the definition of like it went out with a whimper yeah you know like what was even the point in trying to bring life back to the franchise yeah when you know you're, you're gonna just gonna suck botch it, out. it up yeah I will say, uh, I have to mention my favorite, uh, probably my favorite line or dialogue sequence uh, that genuinely made me laugh. It's the part where 
they have that interaction with the with the duffel puds or whatever with the and with the wizard and Eustace just kind of appears out of nowhere he's like what were those duffel puds right of course silly me yeah yeah <laughs> I thought that was generally really funny yeah I do like that yeah that's like there's still like good mo- it's kind of hard to like pick out like a lot of good moments because there are yeah nice little dialogue moments like that and character moments. It's just, they're sprinkled out throughout instead of having good chunks of yeah. like moments like that there, but there's yeah. like, it, there's a few, a lot of crumbs throughout the whole thing. It's just, it, yeah. it's not consistently like that, you know? So it's hard for and me also, to like think back on a y- lot of moments. Yeah. And the best character that they have Eustace, uh, he's turned into a dragon for half of the movie. Yeah. And, like, it's not like that in the book. He's not a dragon for that long. But yeah. they made it more of a part of the plot than it really was supposed to. Which is a shame, because he was the most interesting character. And yeah, then and they replace let him... him with a bad-looking CGI dragon. Yeah. It doesn't look good. And he doesn't really get to do anything. Yeah. That. But it's just like, oh, man. Yeah, so... Sad. Don Treader. It's a big disappointment for a lot of people. Yeah, it's like... It's just forgettable. It's not like bad, but it's not really. Yeah, most people just kind of forget that it exists. They're like, wait, there was a third one? I think like Don Treader is sort of like what a lot of people may have expected the first couple ones to be like. Just kind of forgettable, dorky kid movies, sort of. But the first two ended up being a lot more... I guess well received or more serious than people expected, and they then, made more of an impact for yeah. sure. And then they just kind of gave up, and we're like, "We'll make this one as like crowd pleasing as possible." And then they did the exact opposite somehow, which is just like ironic. So yeah, it's just weird. It's a it's a very strange series. Like it's sad that each one got like a little worse, but I I'm sort of right now I'm on this stance of kind of <laughs> sort of putting wardrobe and Caspian on par. Like almost, almost. like yeah. just almost. I like Caspian way more than I expected to, um, yeah. but I think Wardrobe is just like a half point above it, probably. Like, yeah, I would round up Wardrobe to an eight. Caspian is like a strong seven, and yeah. then Voyage is a five. Yeah, five out of ten for me. I'll. I mean, I may. <laughs> I don't know. It is kind of an offensive movie to me in some ways, <laughs> yeah. but it's Took like away ultimately, a you loved. ultimately, it's like it's just straight down the middle. And sometimes that can be the worst rating that you can get. Yeah, you know, like it's uh, forgettable. Yeah, like if it would have been a just disaster, like at least it would be memorable for being so awful, and like it would be interesting to look back on. But now it's kind of like this weird, boring movie that yeah. like no one cares about, no one thinks about. Yeah, like who. Who is talking about this movie except for us <laughs> on this planet right now? True. You know, Narnia fans, yeah, but it's mostly in uh, negatively. It's like, oh yeah, that happened, man. It, if you guys liked it, that's fine. Yeah, I know there's. I'm I'm like a part of this Narnia fans group. I can get why there people are a would few still enjoy Dawn it. Treader defenders, yeah, and we hear you and we appreciate yeah. you. <laughs> um, like, but like yeah. that's a, like a mid on it, so I wouldn't really be like. It's not, I'm going to be, how can people like yeah. this? Like, I can give it people like I mean, I remember yeah. getting really emotional when I first saw it, and I thought yeah. it was great. But over time, I just kind of yeah, stopped like, kidding myself. Yeah, when I saw it in theaters, I was like, that was pretty good, and didn't think about it for like yeah. 10 years. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I also not will insulting, say, it's just whatever. One thing that we haven't mentioned really quick uh, is 
the music. Um, oh yeah, I wanted to mention that the um, the soundtrack for the first two films is amazing. Oh yeah, I think. they're great. I I own both of them. Like I bought them on CD. That's as that's a something kid. that stuck out to me. I was like actually thinking about the music while I was watching it. I was like, man, this yeah. is like a this is a good song. Yeah. I was like, dang, I never paid attention to the music yeah, before. Harry Gregson Williams did a great job. Um, there are moments where it's like, oh, this kind of seems like it's trying to be Lord of the Rings, but it still seems pretty distinctive. Yeah. You know, it's very, it's good use of like a kind of atmospheric uh, sort. It's kind of modern sounding, but yeah. still timeless in a way. But it still fits the vibe of what Narnia was in those movies and some really good melodies. And yeah. um, it, it was it's not like the most unique soundtrack, but I just thought it had good sounds, good instruments, good melodies. And yeah. there were a few times where like it stuck out to me and I was like, Oh, that's a good song. Like, yeah. I like that, you know? Yeah. So. But like Don Treader kind of did away with a lot of that. Oh like, yeah. They didn't even, I think they literally only used the main Narnia theme like once. Yeah. And then that was it. And like the rest was just kind of, yeah, it's just like they just There don't, is one the melody in there really that care. I like that is like da 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 yeah. but everything else is just kind of Yeah. It's just like it's like the rest of me. It's like it's passable, it's just kind of forgettable. And it's also just it just seems like another uh, example of like being kind of like a middle finger to the rest of the franchise. Yeah, it's like yeah, we're only going to use the main theme just once. Yeah, it's like that's everything else. We're writing new material. It's like man, at least be consistent with the music come on yeah so anyways <coughs> bless you thank you so overall thoughts on the franchise um it's a very charming franchise like yeah the third one's mid but i i find the first two movies to be weirdly unique and super super charming and i really yeah. like them like they're very comfy movies like yeah we're talking about them and i'm like talking about oh, the third act's pacing and you know <laughs> fix my glasses and you know acting like roger ebert but really like i can just throw mm. them on i'm not really gonna be watching it and then i'm gonna go here comes the horrible third act like they're just <laughs> like i don't really think about that actively like yeah, no. while i'm watching them i just find they're them fun to, be, to put on you yeah know? i think they're well paced just comfy movies you yeah. know they're not perfect but they're they're just nice. They are nice movies and not a lot yeah. of, they just feel pure of their time. And yeah, I don't know that I, I keep using the word unique, but for, especially compared to a lot of movies that tried to become franchises or other fantasy movies, you know, a lot of them are so bad or so generic and boring and yeah. uh, at least the first two Narnia movies actually succeeded in being pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially because everything wanted to be Lord of the Rings and those ones, yeah, it had inspiration from them, but they they still managed to feel like their own thing and a lot of other fantasy movies, like I can't think of any big awesome fantasy movies really except for like narnia and lord of the rings you know yeah, um, yeah they were definitely there's like not the a lot of good ones and lead. when there yeah. is one it's like really generic and yeah. boring or no good characters or the world building is lame yeah. and it's like these movies succeeded in a lot of ways that other big huge movies failed right um so i respect them but yeah at the end of the day they're comfy they're good i like them they're like a little warm nostalgic blanket yeah it was fun to revisit them yeah. for sure and i love talking about them i love talking about narnia uh-huh yeah 
I think the way that I would approach a new adaptation, I hope that Netflix um, doesn't try too hard to put to put Narnia on this grand epic scale. There's some elements that are yeah. just kind of like, yeah, it is kind of like cool grand epic scale, but I think Narnia is a little bit more subdued yeah. than that. And I hope they take that approach where maybe if they go like a more little minimalistic production wise, uh-huh. like, like the green Knight, I think. Yeah. That, I mean, of course not like dark, like scope wise, such. scope yeah. wise, that makes sense. I think that would be very charming. A charming like you way get a to sliver of the world, it. but they're not trying to, like, create a whole plan. Like they're not like just focus on what's necessary for the story and establish yeah. like a certain area, but don't try to go overboard with like, yeah, this is a big, huge, grand, epic fantasy adventure because. Yeah. Really, the first two movies are not, like, that adventurous. Like, yeah. I mean, they go places, but it's pretty contained with, like, locations. Like, they are in kind of, like, a couple distinct areas, like, the whole time, you know? Yeah. Um, it's not like they're going across the planet, you know? And Voyage is the one where they were going to do that, and they didn't take advantage of it. So it's, yeah. like, maybe if they do Wardrobe first or whatever, they... Um, maybe each movie can get a little bigger as it goes along. And if they eventually get to Don Treader, maybe yeah. that's the one where they open it up a lot and they actually take advantage of that story properly to show more of the world. But wardrobe yeah. is great. Like it, it does enough world building without trying too hard to be like insanely grand, you know, like limiting yeah. yourself can open the doors to better things. Cause a lot of movies again, like, a lot of fantasy movies that were trying to be Lord of the Rings, all they focused on was cool mountains and guys <laughs> with swords, but they didn't like think about the story or the characters or motives. Yeah. So it's like focus on that and if it works out, then like introduce more things in the world and build upon it, you know. Yeah. I think character like world building's my favorite thing and when it comes to movies in this kind of area but i think characters and like motivations are the absolute most important thing for any movie no matter the genre yeah for the most part there's probably some exceptions but yeah yeah i hope they they don't try to just make it like netflix's game of thrones you know <laughs> make it all gritty not. and violent which I, I don't think they will because i think the C.S. Lewis estate would roll in their grave if they tried to make violent, bloody, oh, yeah. rated R Narnia. Like, I <laughs> just like make stay true to the source material, don't try to remove any of like its Christian roots. Like, just, yeah. just don't please don't mess it up. Netflix. Don't mess it up. Netflix, <laughs> we want a good you adaptation. Mess, you mess up so many things, please don't mess this up. I'm begging you. Yeah, but I think from an artistic approach, uh, with like the art style. I think if they went a more simplistic way, uh-huh. like the BBC uh, productions, they're, you know, they're limited. But I, th- I always felt like that, that that Narnia felt like its own, like it really was Narnia. Yeah. And so I think if they went that kind of approach mm-hmm. w- with it, I think it would be really cool. But yeah, we'll see. Don't know. Haven't heard anything from Netflix go more, go about it. Go more on it, the but... fairy tale angle than the the fantasy angle, I guess. Yeah. So, like, yeah. make it feel like a childhood book come to life. You know, that would be yeah, cool. That's exactly. the kind of that's the tone I want it to be. You yeah, know? that's so. what it was meant to be, really. Yeah. But, anyways, 
still love these movies, the first two. Yeah. Um, and uh, I wouldn't change anything about them. They're, they mean a lot to me. Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. Even if I have my complaints, I, I appreciate the first two a lot for what they are. And I, I had a lot of fun rewatching them. It was super comfy. It was, yeah. I was just like comfy watching them. I was like, oh, this yeah. is nice. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you're welcome. I just liked it. Thank you're you. welcome for recommending them to talk about. That's right. So. Uh, this was this was really fun to talk about. So yeah, definitely. Hope you guys appreci- appreciate our conversation. I kind of figured we were going to be on like similar wavelengths with that. I kind of thought yeah. we would disagree a little more on Prince Caspian. Like I thought I was going to like it way more than you, but we we yeah. kind of felt the same. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So I was I, yeah, like I said, I was wondering. I'm like, oh, maybe like Mitchell's going to pull a contrarian and like be like, like Voyage is so underrated. <laughs> it's like stu- or maybe it's like dumb, but it knows it's dumb. Yeah, like no. <laughs> if you're going to like like it's like it's so bad that it's good. Yeah, like, no. no, not even that really. Uh-uh. But uh, yeah. So the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, uh, it's your turn for a recommendation hmm. This episode Let's see here uh, Excuse me uh, I'm going to go ahead and recommend um, What should I recommend? I'm trying to think I don't know I'm going to recommend uh, I'll recommend a game I'm going to be weird um, We right. talked about Outer Wilds a bit ago and why that's like one of my favorite games and I love it. And the DLC for it came out and I've been playing that and it's amazing. And Mobius digital is a great studio. I want to support them. I love the developers there. They're super passionate about that game. They just released an expansion called echoes of the eye. It's like 15 bucks. I've been playing it. It's amazing. It's blowing my mind. Um, so I guess this is kind of a little update cause we yeah. kind of talked about this last episode. Right. Um, but you hadn't played it yet. So, so. I'm just going to rec- recommend people check that out because Outer Wilds is like, it's a well-known game, but it's not the most popular thing. And I want people to play it and support it because Mobius Digital are some geniuses and I want <laughs> their stuff to sell well so they can make more games. So they're a little indie studio. Um, but yeah, uh, Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye, I've been adoring so far. Nice. It's really great. I'm super happy with it. Maybe I'll play it sometime. Yeah. I honestly <laughs> think that you'd be way better at this one. Really? Because it's, okay. it's way more um, of just like one big area instead of like a thousand planets. Uh, okay. It's, it's like a different game almost. It's very different, but somehow still feels the same. Hmm. But you're like in one big area instead of like having to go to a bunch of planets. Okay. Um, it's huh. super cool. Like... It, yeah, anyways, I'm going to go on a rant if I keep talking about it because I love it. But yeah, Echoes of the Eye, Outer Wilds, check it out. It's on like PS4, PS5, and PC and Xbox and stuff. Sweet. Um, check it out. All right. What are we going to talk about next episode? I don't know. Um, <laughs> let's see. I, I thought of this one, so it's your turn. I feel like we should like 
Should we like talk about another franchise, or should we talk about another like, movie franchise? Or should we talk about a nah? Games are too hard to do. Um, yeah, un- unless it's something you've already played. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of like, I feel like it would be interesting if you rewatched because I just rewatched all the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be interesting if you rewatched all of them and we talk about them. Okay, that'd be a long one because it's like. Eight movies, but we could always do. Like it could be a two-parter. We could do two parts, but I, I think that would be super fascinating to talk about them. When was the last time you've watched Harry Potter movies? It's been a long time. Because rewatching them, I kind of had my moment, like I did with Narnia, where now that I'm, I'm older and I kind of pay, I kind of watch movies differently now. I pay a lot more attention to like camera work and shots and color grading and lighting and blah blah blah. <laughs> um, and with Harry Potter, watching that series, I was like, man. These are some like artistically crafted movies. Like they yeah. are gorgeous movies. Like they <laughs> they're shot so well. And even like Half Blood Prince, it's the cinematographer of Inside Lewin Davis, and you can tell. Oh, nice! Like, I just watched it, that. It's my it's like I my it's it. my second favorite of the series, and it's the best looking Harry Potter movie. Like nice. it's filmed. It's just, I think you'll be surprised rewatching them. Like because I yeah. I ended up realizing how much I actually really love the series. I was like, man, I love this series. Hmm. Like it's movies are so good. Like I didn't think there was a single, like there's some that are not as good as others, but I think all of them are like great. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, I think it's a commitment. It's eight movies, but I, I can do it. I'm going to be honest when I started watching them, I, I got, I like binged it like a show. I probably, I watched all <laughs> movies in like a week because I was like super into it. I um, can do I that. I think that'd be super fun to talk about if you are down for it. And I own uh, the collection on Blu-ray. Oh wait, you have HBO? I do. It's, they put them all on HBO recently. I saw that. So you I can also, do that. I have some of them on DVD. Oh, nice. Not all of them. I would just do the HBO version. Yeah. But, but yeah, you should, if you are down to do that, I think that'd be cool. I think the last time... I think the last movie movie that I watched recently was of the Harry Potter series was uh was the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, that's my that's um, spoilers. That's my favorite one. I think that one's like Alfonso Alfonso Cuarón. He's just an amazing yeah. director. But but I, it still was a while ago. So it's yeah. been long enough where this would be a pretty fresh experience. Yeah, and you you'll so. probably have that moment where it's like, oh, that actor was in this, or oh, that was um. Robert Pattinson. Yeah, and I, th- I think like paying attention to like that, like the filmmaking of them is like I have um, a buddy that's he does like short films. He goes, he's going to school for, um, like he's in like film college basically, and he makes short movies. He's like a super dweeb about that, and he like loves the Harry Potter movies because he's like they're all just so well shot and well lit, and <laughs> des- like he's like a. S- he loves and a lot of film snobs are like that. I didn't really know this was a thing, but a lot of film (laughs) snobs are like really into the Harry Potter movies because of their filmmaking. Um, and, and like kind of rewatching them and paying attention to that. I was like, like the first couple are a little, they're still really beautiful movies, but they're a little more like child whimsical type movies, you know? Um, but as soon as, Azkaban hits and stuff, but it's darker. but they're all gorgeous. But yeah, I love it. Um, it kind cool. of it kind of hit me. Then I'm like, yeah. Aside from Lord of the Rings, this is probably like the best franchise of movies <gasps> ever made. Easily better than Narnia. Yeah. No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Narnia. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's do it. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. HP. You guys excited? There's probably going to be some 
Narnia fans that are pretty excited about us talking about it. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for that. It'll probably be a two-parter. I mean, this one almost went pretty long, too. Yeah. But um, Good old chunk. Yeah. Well, it's, it'll probably be like two and a half hours. It's pretty normal yeah. for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not nothing wrong with that at all. So Heck no. Cool. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. We hope you enjoyed we hope you enjoyed our podcast. Make sure to leave a rating and review on our iTunes and uh, be sure to say hi and then just let us know what you really think about it and think about me and Mitchell. Yeah. We want to know. Please. Um, guys, have a uh, have a great dinner or lunch. Hi, Mom. If you're <laughs> cooking stuff, I bet it's going to taste great. Hi, Mitchell's mom. She listens to us when she cooks oh, or good. makes things. Good. I think we said hi to her the last episode. Yeah. Also, Nostalgia Critic. You gotta mention nostalgia critic. It's a tradition. Oh yeah. <laughs> you looking at me like? What are I was you like, wait, about? what? Why? <laughs> All right. Anyways, Good old dog. You guys have a great day. We love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Podwood Forecast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe. And if you'd like for us to give you a shout out on the show be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And also feel free to look in the show notes for links to our social media at Twitter and Facebook. And as always, stay beautiful and thanks for listening. Bye.